Welcome to Paydirt Sports. This is Will Dundon here with Nick Truschel and Reese Bennett. Guys, going to kick it off real quick. Just give you a nice little Monday night football update as the Bucks and Giants just got going. Bucks go down, score pretty quickly. Straight to Godwin. Straight to Godwin. Truschel's playing a tough fantasy matchup right now, and yeah. the other team has Godwin currently. I'm up so. six. I was up. I was up seventeen point something. Um, and Godwin, of course, gets two receptions and a touchdown in the first drive. Already has almost 11 points, so not looking good, but hopefully he's down know. a little bit. You here. never know with those receivers. And, it's always up and down. Hey, the Giants, uh, they started driving. They kind of stifled in the red zone and had to kick a field goal. But I don't know if it'll be good if the Giants are in this game because you know the Buccaneers will be throwing the ball a lot more. So True. maybe I need it to be a blowout. I think this is going to turn out to be a good game because the Giants have a lot of their pieces back. Kenny Galladay is playing tonight, Kadarius Tony is playing tonight, and, of course, Saquon is back for the Giants tonight. And they're wearing their throwback uniforms, which are so sick. I would I would bet on the Giants just because they're wearing those throwback uniforms. No, I love the Giants throwbacks. They're just, it's, just, it's a classic look. I love the helmet with just the Giants logo on it and the classic white-on-white jersey with the stripe. Like, you can tell it's an old classic jersey. Yeah, and you don't mistake it for any other team. When you see that uniform... You're like, oh, that's the Giants. For sure. And, I, well, that probably goes for a lot of the NFL. You know the team colors. But that Giants uniform especially is really sick. And I heard a cool stat about this game. So Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they've lost two in a row. Tom Brady, and well, if they lose tonight, it'll make it three in a row. Tom Brady has not lost three games in a row since 2002. That's crazy. Wow. That's how good Tom Brady and his teams, mostly the Patriots, have been his entire career. They have not lost three games in a row in almost two decades. We were talking about it earlier, too, Reese. That team rarely did worse than, like, 12-4 and four in a whole season. Even when, I mean, obviously, I'm sure they had some, but I was thinking back to when Brady got hurt yeah. and Matt Castle played for, like, the whole year, and they went 11-5. and five. So, obviously, Patriots dynasty, in case you were wondering, was uh, pretty good. Still might be pretty good. We'll see. Might not be over. But, yeah, well, and the Bucks have Gronk back tonight, so we'll see if that does something for him. And playoff Le- Super Bowl Lenny. Yeah. Regular season Lenny is not as good as playoff Lenny, but still still pretty good. Yeah. Guys, big weekend in college football and a little bit of a disappointment, you could maybe say. Some of these big matchups we were looking at ended up being blowouts. Yeah. One that was not a blowout, though. That Alabama-Arkansas game? That was an epic game. and I mean, you always love to see a, a fake field goal, fake punt, something like that. So with Arkansas being able to score later in the game off that fake field goal, that was awesome. You love it. You love the call. Unfortunately, couldn't uh, pull off the upset, but they kept it close. So moral victory for uh, Pittman and those hogs. The best part about that fake field goal, there's so many factors to it. First of all, jump pass by the holder. Second of all, totally behind the tight end and just reaches back, snags it, it. and takes it all the way to the house. And I don't know if a lot of people noticed this, but Alabama was in like a safe zone. Yeah. To cut, like they were essentially prepared for a fake and it still worked on them, which I thought was awesome to see. That's just coaching. Hey, Pittman uh, got the best of saving that play. And drew it up better. So looking at that game. Me, personally, I'm thinking, I don't think Alabama has a chance against Georgia. 
I mean, we were talking about it earlier, how we feel like, I mean, the AP rankings already came out, but college football playoff rankings, Ohio State's probably going to jump Alabama with these recent performances. Their defense doesn't look like the elite, elite defense that we usually see with Bama. So I don't know. I think you might be right about that take that this could be Georgia's year and Bama might just not have it. Well, and I'm not going to count them out because it is Nick Saban and Bama still. But, see, yeah, seeing their defense against Arkansas and just against teams this whole year, the defense is not that good. The offense is still good. Bryce Young yeah. for like 500 yards. But I'm thinking Georgia's offense isn't going to have to play insane in the SEC championship game to beat them, assuming that their defense is able to yeah. do what they usually do or still do pretty well against that Bama offense. So we'll, we'll kind of keep tabs on that, obviously. That's probably what's coming up. I think they're going to kill Auburn, though, still. Yeah, they're kind of crumbling right now. They've lost a couple of bad games and don't really have anything going for them. So Alabama, they need to have a statement win here, get some momentum going into the SEC championship. I think they kill Auburn next week. I don't know, or This man. week. Iron Bowl, anything can happen. Anything and can happen. Auburn. It's in Auburn, so That's right. I mean, like like we've said all year, home field advantage I think is a really big factor this year in all the games across college football. Having home field advantage means something this year because last year it didn't really exist in college and NFL. So I think the Auburn faithful will definitely show up for the Iron Bowl, and you know, Alabama they, you know, you never forget about the kick six, you never forget about it, and a lot of these guys. For, for Bama, the starters, at least, I don't think, have played in an Iron Bowl that means so much with fans. So I think I think it'll be a great game. But I was looking, like you guys said, you know, Alabama, they're not the juggernaut that they usually are, especially like last season. K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas had 326 yards and three touchdowns against them. Yeah, he played great. Which, and he's pretty – he is good. I think he's top ten in efficiency along with – you see this list of quarterbacks, and it's a who's who of the quarterbacks in college football, and then you kind of have Hendon Hooker and K.J. Jefferson, who are the, not oddballs, but kind of the guys who came onto the scene this year. The yeah. rest is like Grayson McCall, and then C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, obviously. Kenny Matt Pickett. Corral. Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, guys you would expect to see in there. So K.J. Jefferson also put a little respect on his name, but yeah. No, it definitely put some respect on his game, or his name. Um, and his game. And his game, his game and his name, but, but I mean, I think I would, I would venture to say, is Stetson Bennett? Is, did he play this week? I don't know, but if Stetson Bennett is going to, assuming Alabama wins this week and then they face Georgia in the SEC championship, I think KJ Jefferson is a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's a game. It's a game of Alabama's offense versus Georgia's defense, assuming they both make the championship. Yeah, and I'm kind of with you on that. I, I keep saying that about Stetson Bennett, but then really when you watch him play, he he makes all the throws you ask him to make, and then when he runs, he's a pretty effective runner. Yeah. He's this short little white dude, but he's shifty, and he may, he makes plays with his legs when he needs to. It'll you're you're right though because although Alabama's defense were saying it's not as good as it usually is, the athletes there are still another level of what he's faced this year. So that kind of running ability he somewhat has will be put to the test for sure whenever that comes. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But, Reese, you mentioned home field advantage being big this year. And I'm going to jump, before we get into Utah, Oregon, I'm going to jump over to 
Ohio State, Michigan State. Obviously, game in the horseshoe, and wasn't much of a game. It was it was a bloodbath. Right, right from the start, Ohio State smacks him in the mouth. C.J. Stroud set the, or at least tied the school record for touchdown passes in a game in the first half. He had six. It was ridiculous. Six touchdown passes in the first half. Crazy. And I think there were three receivers with over 100 yards receiving for Ohio State. They do have, I mean, is that the best receiving core in college football? It's got to it's it's be. It's been said before. I'm just, I, I, I can't even think of someone who comes close to that with Smith and Jigba, Alave, obviously. Yeah. And then is it uh, Garrett Nelson, I think is the Garrett other one? Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Garrett Nelson's a Husker, sorry. Garrett Wilson. But yeah. you, know, you know who I love? on that Ohio State offense. And he I don't think he's got as much attention this year, but he had a big game, I believe, in one of the playoff games last year is their tight end, Jeremy Ruckert. He had one catch this weekend, one for 28 yards. But, I mean, if they can get the ball to him and you have those other receivers, I mean, the Ohio State offense looks unstoppable. It does. And ever since... Similar to Michigan State, ever since either of those teams played Nebraska, each of them have had like amazing success other than those two games. Stroud is looking really good, and we talked, Reese, I think we talked about it a little, because last week I was ready to kind of hand out the Heisman to Kenneth Walker. I don't think he's out of it, but the problem is, is a Heisman has kind of become a, like, what have you done for me lately trophy. Yeah. You got to make, like... I think especially Kenneth, this year I think. Right. I think what Kenneth Walker did against Michigan in a big rivalry game like that scoring five touchdowns needs to be he needs to be given a lot of credit for. But, you know, it was a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago whenever it was, here comes CJ Stroud playing that Michigan State team and just absolutely lighting them up and probably going to have a chance. I mean, the Michigan game like we said with the Iron Bowl Still a big rivalry game, but if you're looking at it, you're assuming Ohio State's about to put up another 40-plus yeah. point game. Yeah, and talking about Kenneth Walker, I mean, Ohio State obviously blew them out of the water. They blew Michigan State out of the water right from the get-go. But I don't understand. Obviously, they scored really fast, but Michigan State, Kenneth Walker only had six carries. I don't know if he got hurt, but they I know they were playing from behind the whole time, but... You would have thought that Michigan State would have tried to, I don't know, maybe run the ball a little bit more and control the clock, get some time of possession, and hand the ball off to Kenneth Walker. But, you know, when he when your star player only gets six carries, you're not going to win that game. I think they panicked a little too early. Yeah, yeah. they definitely did. They, they got, got down. down by like 14, and then they were like, oh, my God. They were like, we got to throw it. And it's like, okay, well, you got a Heisman running back in your backfield, and you got Peyton Thorne throwing the ball around. So I don't know if that's the best decision. But – also, I kind of understand it because Mel Tucker's probably thinking, okay, we're not stopping this team on on defense today, so maybe we got to try and – Just keep up with them. Yeah, try to keep up with them. And obviously at a certain point – I mean, they were down 28 nothing, like in the blink of an eye. Yeah. It was over just like that. I mean, C.J. Stroud, he averaged 12.3 yards per pass. That's a first down every time he throws the ball. I mean, it's it was just unbelievable. And 32 of 35 is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Only three incompletions. That's crazy. It was. It looked like he was out there practicing. It, it, and, you know, I was also impressed by the Ohio State defense. And I know Michigan State may not have the most elite offense, but the Ohio State defense was just 
they looked like they were a dog that had been stranded in the woods without any food for three weeks because their defense was running around and just blowing everything up. Their defensive line was getting so much pressure on Michigan State. And even when they were up 49 to nothing, the defense was just going off. They, they, they couldn't. They wouldn't let Michigan State do anything. It was awesome. I think if you're looking at the playoff right now, they're definitely them in Georgia are now kind of the two clear top tier teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's one and two. We, for sure. we we definitely weren't sure about Ohio State for a while, but the way they've progressed, especially the way CJ Stroud's progressed this season, we also talked about how the Heisman kind of not being not no one really separating themselves, being like totally awesome this year. Stroud might end up doing it with this past performance. See what he does. I, I think he's going to light it up against Michigan, and then you're going to play probably Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. He has a couple games to really solidify his status there for sure. Well, and I guess we'll get to it, but Ohio State, they have the one loss to Oregon, and right now that doesn't look – I mean, it kind of – I mean, I guess it looks worse now since Oregon lost again, but I don't know. It was early in the season, so – it's good that they lost early and got it behind them. Definitely. And it makes me wonder a little bit why, besides maybe some kind of money aspect of it, I don't. You're, you're going to get to the point where if you're a team, it's like, why are we scheduling these other Power Five opponents? Especially with the Big Ten playing nine conference games already. You know, you're, you're kind of playing enough quality opponents. What's the point in going out and kind of playing. A, a tougher, you know, uh, non-conference opponent than you normally would. Right. Is it really worth it? Especially because if, if you win the Big Ten, as long as you don't have two losses, like, you're going to be in the playoff. Yeah. So what does kind of playing Oregon really do for you? Especially when you look at it and you lose at home to them, all it did for you was create a bad loss, essentially, yeah. is what it's is what it's about to look like. Certainly. Not, maybe not bad, but... Just an uglier loss than we thought. Right. We can um, jump into that one too. Speaking of Oregon, Utah, Trujillo, you called it. Utah yeah, beat the brakes off it, Oregon. It was ugly, and I mean, even like right off the bat, it, this game, everybody kind of seemed to think, "All right, Oregon was going to lose this." I mean, Utah was favored. They opened up at minus three, um, but they were up twenty-eight to zero at half. I mean, Oregon was never in this game. It was an absolute beatdown. Completely ruined their hopes of making it to the playoffs. I mean, if they finish out the season undefeated, win the Pac-12 championship, they're going in for sure. But uh, I'd say with how weak the Pac-12 has been, one lost team, eh, I don't know if they even should get in over Cincy. Are you talking about that? Well, they have two losses now. Oh, yeah, that's two losses. Excuse me. So, yeah, they're they're definitely not in. And that's what Cincy, we'll talk about them in a second. It looks like they pretty much... It worked. They've been taking care of business as long as they keep doing it. Looks like they're going to be all right. We'll see, though. I mean, I've seen crazier things happen in those, especially in those American conference championships, like with UCF when they went undefeated that one year. That Memphis game they played in the conference championship was like a shootout. So it wasn't, it's still not an easy road for them. Obviously, easier than some of the other, than the Power Five teams. Of course. But still, you're going to be tested. Um, Let's hop in. Clemson, or actually no, let's hop into Cincinnati actually. So, I thought this SMU game was going to be the toughest game on Cincinnati's schedule, obviously besides that Notre Dame game, 
just the way SMU, at one point they were ranked in the season. They love slinging it around. They're kind of one-dimensional. They love, they're a little bit of an air raid, but they're really good at it usually. So I was really expecting SMU to score really around four touchdowns at least. And obviously that didn't happen. Cincinnati ends up winning, what, 48-14? to 14. Yeah, and SMU didn't score that 14 points until the fourth quarter. So yeah. it was just garbage time. Like Cincinnati dominated from the time the ball was snapped to the, the final whistle. So I, I'm really thinking Cincinnati kind of slept walked a little bit for a few of those games. And then now they're tightening up. They're tightening up because they had a couple scares. And yeah. they probably did get up for SMU a little bit knowing that they were one of the real threats. I think, do they still have Houston on the schedule? No, they beat Houston. Uh, well, they did. Okay. Don't they have, uh, it's just ECU left. Or, I believe so at least. I think Cincinnati wants to get hot at the right time. Yeah, just uh, just ECU. Okay. Um, so they did, oh they didn't even actually play Houston this year. Um, Will they play them in the? I guess they would play them in the conference championship if Houston's in that. If that's like the standings anyway, yeah. I don't even know. But I would assume so because I think Houston was ranked at one point. Anyway, we'll, we'll that'll play out obviously. Another big game, Clemson. Kind of crushes Wake Forest. I watched a good bit of that game, and it was kind of close at the beginning. But then Clemson, it, it turned into not much of a game. Clemson pulled away and didn't really look back. And we were just talking about it before we came on to record. Clemson could end up being 9-3 and yeah. three going into the ACC championship and win that. You, you, you still have like an 11-win season on the table, which I think is funny considering how everyone was so down on them early in yeah, the Yeah, they're like, oh, Clemson's terrible. They're no good. Yeah, and it's still a disappointment, I guess, if you're a Clemson fan because you're used to going to the playoff every year. However, coming from st- starting off kind of cold and then now coming into like a hot finish, probably in a lot better spirits and probably thinking, okay, this season was actually kind of a success. You know, Obviously, you lose some awesome players from – Last year, from the last few years, obviously Trevor Lawrence is the main one you think of. So you're thinking, okay, if we can go 11 and three or something, or even you know 10 and four, get a 10 yeah. win season out of it, you kind of a success, that. especially with just more players coming in, got young guys getting experience. You're going to come in next year, and yeah, maybe, Clemson they could be really scary next year. That, they finish the off the season right. The team finally starts getting everything together. Those young guys get some experience. It's like you take a year off and then you're right back into the next year. Yeah. And that's what the really big programs do. Maybe not like completely off, but Alabama will have a year where it's they're a little bit down. Like LSU steps up and beats them. Or I feel like all those programs, every now and then it's it's impossible to just keep having being in the national championship every year. So I think it kinda makes sense, but who knows what's gonna happen next year. Well, and it was kind of overshadowed, but the Clemson... I mean, Clemson had a dynasty. It's yeah. just been overshadowed because Bama's had one since 09, essentially. Yeah. But Clemson, how many national titles? Two? Two. two. I, I think if you win two, you, and especially with the and then, amount of wins you have combined appearing in, in the, the national right. championship and losing um, or making the playoffs now, uh, I think that counts towards the, the dynasty factor as well. Because you can... I mean, a dynasty can be... Four or five years, the or Warriors whatever. dynasty. They people talk about that all the time. They yeah. were, they kind of lasted and had a down year, and now God, well, they I might be coming back. Can't stand the Warriors. Yeah, but I don't hate them anymore. No, I still do. 
Because I like KD's I, gone, I'm kind of fine. Yeah, with no, that. like I like Stet. I like the Splash Brothers when it first started. Yeah, that was, that was fun to watch. Cause they were all was, drafted. Well, it was just good basketball too. Yeah, when you watched them, it was like a, it was as it was like watching almost like watching the Spurs that could that just, if they had insane threes. shooters. Yeah. yeah, the Spurs just played fundamental basketball Correct. very well. Yeah. Pass the ball, solid defense, rebounding. That's why they were so good. And obviously, they have three legends. Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and an underrated like legend, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan doesn't get enough credit, I don't think. One of the uh, a lot of people considered him probably one of the best power forwards of all time. Uh, still do one of the best, but I feel like he was in the conversation for you know kind of that really top tier of power. Yeah, forwards. how many rings did they have? Is it four, five, or is it just three? It, I, I it don't seems know. in my brain like they have more than three, but. That's wanna, funny because Tim Duncan also, talking about college football, Wake Forest grad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Who Wake else? Forest, Chris Paul. I was about to say, yeah, Chris Paul. R.I.P. Chris Paul's grandfather. Didn't he do the, something with the free throws where he missed one on purpose? I think, yeah. He Or he like oh, right. had like a 60-point game and his grandpa died when he was like 60. I don't know. 61 or something, so he makes right. the first one and misses the second one yeah, or something yeah. like that. But also, getting back to Clemson. I, I think you guys might be onto something. They, you know, have a little bit of a down year. They get the recruits in. They get the younger guys a lot of playing time this year and get some experience. But I don't. I do not trust DJ Uyunglele. I just, I just don't think he's been very good this year. His stats: uh, 178 for uh, completions, 323 attempts, 1,960 yards. He only complete. He only. He's only completed. 55% of his passes, nine touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Not good. I'm just wondering who they maybe have behind them or who they might bring in this upcoming year. Oh, uh, actually, the number one quarterback recruit in the nation is committed to Clemson. Uh, there you go. Wait, who is it? His name is Cade Klubnick. He plays in right. high school football in Texas. Cade Klubnick. He, well, it's it's depending on what uh, recruiting source you look at, right, cause he's one or two. The other guy, the number two, according to 247 Sports, he's committed, Connor Wiegman or Weigman, he's committed to Texas A&M. So, depending on who you look at, I don't want to hear. What, about, wait, what, about, what about Arch? He's a year younger. Oh, okay. Why did I, th- okay, I thought he was, Yeah. so he's a junior in high school right now. I think so. That sounds right. Either a junior or maybe even a sophomore, I feel like. Nah, I don't think he's a sophomore. Really? Yeah, I know he's not a sophomore, or not a senior. I really thought he was a senior. Dang. Well, I but but in reality, I would assume that DJ would still be their starter next year. Correct. Yeah, probably. And I just, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't been good this year. And I know he's been sacked quite often. I think, but you know, and they don't have they don't have a running back that has been dominant this year. Like the most. Uh, let me get back to it. Their their leader and running back is a, a white guy who would have thought Will Shipley. He only has a play. 550 yards this year. I mean, they don't have the Travis Etienne anymore. Or the it's Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman, Wayne correct. Gallman. Or the throw it back to several years ago, C.J. Spiller. That's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> of. C.J. Legend. That yeah, was I mean, like Dabo's first teams. Yeah. It was like all Spiller. Well, yeah. and you had Taj Boyd, too, I guess, on a couple of those teams. But, yeah. But, yeah, I, I just – I don't know. Maybe they'll be better next year, but I just still – I don't think uh, DJ is that great. I really don't. 
Y'all want to hop into a... Oh, go ahead. Rich. No, I'm just going to say, I, I've pulled up the recruits. Arch Manning is 2023. Okay. So, he's yeah. the number one recruit, 2023. There you go. Five stars on 247 Sports. He is a... They, they graded out of a one... Like, the highest you could be is a 1.0. He is .9999. So, he's as good as you could possibly get. Now, does his last name carry a little bit of that? Yes, but he also must just be very good. I'm wondering, imagine if Arch Manning was like Arch Smith and we had no idea, like he had no ties or family ties or anything, what we think he would actually, like, is he still number one? I'm just curious. I don't that, Yeah, that's a good question. Well, because he's at, he's at that high school, uh, is it Newman in Louisiana, which is a really good... I mean, they put out D1 athletes all the time, so I think he would still have a lot of exposure. But I'm just curious. I think that'd be kind of, obviously, we'll never know, but it'd be cool to find out what he would be without kind of that Manning name. He has 12 offers, Arch Manning. He's 6'4", 215 as a junior. He has 12 offers. Here we go. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, Tennessee, USC, Notre Dame. There's a few more. But a random offer that Arch Manning has in this mix, Boston College. Oh, Boston what, College! What if he trying, shocked the world? He's trying to. They're trying to get their Matt Ryan. That's what I was going to say. I mean, they've had some. They've had some talents at quarterback. I think that's. Hey, what's? Hey, you never know if you don't ask. That's right. That's right. You gotta. You. It's like you know. What's the point? You just say, "Well, we're. I don't think we're going to get him, so we're not going to offer him." What if he's a big? What if he wants to check out Boston? He's a big Red Sox fan. Wants to go up to the Northeast. He's a. Maybe a history buff. He wants to, some American history. He wants to dominate the ACC. I think that would be so funny. I wish he would. He won't, but but yeah, Boston awesome. College. You know, it's it's like a guy in college, or you know, a guy in his mid twenties when you're trying to get a girlfriend, trying to meet your wife. You're going out to the bars. You're on Instagram. You gotta you gotta throw out some lines in the water. You gotta go fishing. The more lines you cast, the more fish you're gonna catch. So Boston College is throwing out lines. I like it. I like it. As as we're watching this Monday night game, we just got a big man touchdown. Big man touchdown. You love to see it. Roll Off out the, the let the left tackle kind of drift into a drift into the end zone, and <laughs> Daniel Jones just pops right up to him. He's wide open. Uh, he must have been eligible. Oh, he was. He was. Off wow, the, great hands. He high pointed that ball. Yeah, they, he had to go up and get it. Look at that. Wow. Oh, and the left he tackle. Got up. Left tackle with a little bit of swag. He's got the one arm sleeve, the Air Jordan, one cleats. That's <laughs> impressive. Giants, I'm telling you, these uniforms give them some mojo. So, yeah, it looks like they're going to tie it up. Yep, there tie it up with the extra point. Guys, if y'all want to hop in, I'll go last. Yeah. Y'all hop in and just kind of talk about your teams real quick over the weekend. Two blowouts, so. Two awesome blowouts. Yeah. I'll run through Tennessee real quick. I mean, don't really have much to say. A couple of interesting things. Uh, absolutely dominated. Put up a 60-burger. Um, Love a 60-burger. Two safeties to end the game. Yeah, I was about to say, two safeties. in Tennessee, I believe, will be the first team since 1952 to have three safeties in one season. So, huge, huge game for Tennessee in the record books. Uh, cementing themselves up there in the safety hall of fame. It's not nothing. Mm-mm, not nothing. And giving Tennessee the opportunity to put up the most points in program history. Uh, I need to go double check the number. We're going to have to put up either 50 or 60 something on Vanderbilt. 53. 53 is it? Yeah. So 
There's a chance for 53 on Vanderbilt. Oh, if there's we could, more. We're, we're, uh, Tennessee is favored by more against Vanderbilt than they were against South Alabama last week. And just to put that into a little more perspective, uh, South Alabama had their backup quarterback in. Yeah. So and that's all you need to know about that game. I think Tennessee's favored by 30 and a half. Because Heupel, he, he wants to put up numbers, and we want to beat down Vandy. So, good win. Good to get things ready to go for Vanderbilt. Get this win. Get a seven-win season. That'd be awesome. Bowl yeah. eligible. Oh, yeah. Bowl eligible, too. Can't Which is that. also – so, a couple of things real quick. I think Tennessee can easily score 53 without even – real like they're. I think they're going to score three or four touchdowns super quick, and then it's going to kind of be – look, t- I mean, Tennessee's athletes and size and strength is – obviously greater than Vandy's, I think you can get to a point where you just can't not score almost. Like, it's going to be hard for you to run the clock out because I think you're going to just break off big runs and everything. And he's going to want to get – he'll put Milton in, but he wants to get Milton reps. I think you want to yeah. keep Milton kind of You want to keep ready, him in the mix because you – know? You want to keep him on a string. Yeah, and you also want to keep Milton in the mix a little bit because he has two years of eligibility left. Right. And he's a great backup quarterback. You love to have a guy like Milton – when you can develop him. Yeah. Obviously, we talked about, I mean, he has the raw talent and everything, and obviously his accuracy was a problem at the beginning of the year. But, if I mean, I'm thinking Heupel kind of knows how to, I mean, he knows how to coach quarterbacks. You yeah. think he can get that kind of in check, and you never know. Milton might end up being a really good starter for you year after next, assuming Hooker comes back. Yeah, the Hooker, there's been more rumblings about him leaving. There's also been some rumblings about Cedric Tillman leaving. I'm a little nervous about Cedric Tillman, but I honestly think Hooker's going to come back. He can keep his draft stock moving up. I think he's only eight or nine best QB on most boards right now, and that's not a guaranteed pick. So I think he's going to want to stay and push that stock up, guarantee himself a first or second day pick in the NFL. But that, that's my opinion. You never know with these guys what's uh, going through their head and how they're going to make their decisions. So I hope he does, but we'll see. I think Heupel – could sit him down and say, I, I mean, I think Hypo wants him to do what's best for him. But if I'm the coach, I'm saying, look, man, you might get drafted if you go this year. But if you come back next year, you saw what this offense did once you got in it. Not only are we going to win more games, you're going to be in all all SEC discussion, all American discussion, maybe the Heisman discussion. And that's, I mean, you're not going to get any better publicity than that for no. the NFL. Agreed. Yeah, congrats That's on the 60-burger. Pretty much for Tennessee. Reese, why don't uh, you talk about the beatdown of, what was it, Prairie View A&M? Prairie View. Yeah, I mean, Texas A&M put up a 50-burger, uh, 52-3 against Prairie View. And Prairie View, I mean, obviously not a not a powerhouse team at all, but, I mean, they were 7-2 and two coming into this game. So definitely one Texas A&M couldn't fall asleep um, and try and win the game. So... It was nice to, after a sad loss to Ole Miss, it was nice to have a kind of a cupcake game here against Prairie View and to come out and just absolutely murder them on the field. Uh, We had an incredible rushing attack. Texas A&M had 279 yards rushing in the game. We had three guys with over 50 yards. And one thing that I was happy about, a recruit that we had, I don't know if this is his freshman year, or not, but his name is Amari Daniels. He had eight carries for 70 yards. So that's really great to see if you're a Texas A&M fan because I don't know if Isaiah Spiller is going to come back for a senior year. 
So to have a guy that is up and coming, he has a good game. You saw some flashes from him. That's exciting. Um, and of course, we'll have Devon A. Chain, the uh, speedster, back next year. Uh, so it was good for Texas A&M, and we're eight and three now. Play LSU next week. So if we can put up a nine-win season with the uh, sad thing that happened in the second game of the year, I think uh, Haynes King going down, breaking his leg, and we've been able to bounce back. We beat Alabama. It, it's 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 been a, a successful season, all things considered. I think so. And to have Zach Calzada, you know, he lost two games in Mississippi State and Arkansas, but to see him, you know, get some experience and come into form, that's been nice. But a uh, great win by Texas A&M. There, there was one play in the first quarter, I think. Yeah, a, uh, I think it was a defensive back came on a blitz, and he just absolutely, one of the hardest hits I've seen all year. He came off the edge and just, like, the Prairie View A&M quarterback never saw it coming. He got lit up in the backfield, fumbles the football, and Aaron Hansford took it 17 yards for a fumble score touchdown. So that that was awesome. But overall, great game. We won. So uh, Giga Mags going to beat the hell out of LSU next week. Actually, I think – no, it's not. Sometimes we play a Thanksgiving game. I don't think it's actually on Thanksgiving. But anyways, great win. We're ranked number 16 still, so top 25. Talking about these games, like A&M playing Prairie View, Vols playing Bowl. South Bama. Yeah, the A&M Bowl. Vols playing South Bama and seeing them when, you know, 60-14, to 52-3. Really, if you if it really puts into perspective for me what Ohio State was able to do against Michigan State. And I saw some, and this is... Not not to trash like SEC fans or anything, but this is kind of an SEC take a lot. I saw someone on their Snapchat story, and they may have been exaggerating a little bit, but they were laughing at Michigan State for getting just absolutely obliterated, and they said Michigan State would be the 10th best team in the SEC. All right, well, that's a... <laughs> I don't know, Jim. Uh, like, I, I don't think... Yeah. I, I think Michigan State is still a top 15 team in college football. I think Ohio State is just that I think, that's good. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. Ohio State is just that good. Like, let's pump our brakes a little bit and give, give Ohio State credit. Some credit, Because yeah. that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, Ohio State made a top 10 at the time, but still, I think, in my mind, a top 15 team who has good defense, who's well-coached, who has a great running back, made them look like they were a lower tier. An FCS but, team. Yeah, an FCS team. I think that's just how good Ohio State's got it humming. Um, and actually, we'll talk about this after I go over the Nebraska game. But I want to look at how many SEC teams are going to be going to a bowl game or still have the chance to go because that's something to look at. But real quick, I'll cover the Husker game. Same old song and dance. And same old song and dance because I've said that before. Um, the best three-win team in the nation. Ever. The best three-win team of all time in the history of the world. They actually, I think it was Reddit College Football came out with some algorithm or formula and the Huskers are officially the best three win team ever. However, there is a better eight loss team. Apparently 2019 army who was five and eight. So I guess they went to a bowl game at five and seven must've put up some pretty good numbers or had some good losses. But anyway, uh, gosh, it deja vu Huskers kick it off. Wisconsin takes it back to the house opening kickoff. And that kind of, ends up being a major part of the game because you lose by seven. Again, the defense 
Played pretty good. Got the offense, the ball back a good amount of times. I mean, like I said, defense only gave up 21 points. You kind of expect to win when your defense does that. Adrian Martinez made some awesome plays at times. Austin Allen, our tight end, who really helped his draft stock. Good for him, by the way. That guy's a just stand-up guy, great leader on the team. I think broke the Nebraska tight end uh, receiving record in a game. Had like 143 yards and a touchdown or two. But Martinez throws two picks. One of them was so weird. If y'all have the chance to look at it, he's throwing a ball to Oliver Martin, kind of a jump ball type situation. And you see Martin kind of coming across to the middle. And it's almost like he hears footsteps because I saw it and I thought it went right through his hands into the Wisconsin defender. But turns out I saw on Twitter, I saw some people like quoting it and saying what happened. Turns out looks like he just had like he heard footsteps and ducked. When the Dude. ball was coming and the Wisconsin guy picks it off. The other pick Martinez threw was just no idea. Like he may he probably saw something, but where he was intending to throw it, that is not where the ball ended up <laughs> at all. Did he do a Carson Wentz? Yeah, essentially. Like he he was throwing it kind of towards the what would have been his like left sideline, probably 20, 30 yards, probably thirty yards down the field. And it ended up like closer to the middle of the field, just right into a Wisconsin defender's hands. However, lots of Husker fans, I, I didn't think of it at the time until I saw the replay. Last play of the game. So let me start off by this. Huskers get to like a second and 20 with only uh, less than a minute left in the game. So it's like, okay, you got to get a first down. Th- this is the, if they would have gotten the first down, they would have been on like the three yard line or something. So you, if you get a first down, you got a really good chance at first and goal with probably. Two or three plays, maybe, depending on when you get that first down. But it's second and 20, and they throw two passes in a row, like, to the end zone. And I'm thinking, okay, you have enough time. Get Let's get 10 yards yeah, on the first play. At least make it manageable. Don't don't go for the end zone on the first play, because then, yeah, then you're third and 20, and you're kind of feeling, okay, I don't know if we can risk just going for 10 yards here or what we need to do, because we don't have a lot of time left. They should have just tried to get a few yards, especially throw it underneath because everyone's going to be playing in the end zone. Yeah, You throw a little five-yard dump pass, and he might take it 10 or 15 yards, and then you got a chance there. But they don't do that, so it's fourth and 20 eventually. Martinez throws a ball up to Xavier Betts, kind of a jump ball, and it is the definition of defensive pass interference. Like, defender is not even going for the ball. Like, runs straight into the receiver as he, like, goes up to try and get it. And Frost was livid. You saw Frost on the sideline getting angry, and they threw a penalty on him, and it's like, okay, screw you. Like, who cares? Yeah, get the penalty. I'm glad. Yeah. I think apparently Frost told them to fl- throw a flag on him, like, <laughs> which I love. All-time coach, mad coach move when love you it. just want them. You want them to throw like, a flag. You're like, throw a flag. Like, you won't throw a flag. Because yeah. obviously you don't throw it. You when... don't care anymore. The, like, that kind of screwed the game. So yeah. go ahead, throw a flag. What do yeah. I care at this point? Exactly. You just screwed us. So... Lots of people upset about that, and I was upset too. But you uh, can't boil it down to one play. You just gotta. Well, and it sucks because I I see both arguments because bad calls happen in games. However, when it's the last play of a game, refs have to do their job and make the right call. But again, as as many of the games for the Huskers went this year, you could have won. And my dad actually said this: We want to get to the point where we are like. Like we we don't need to just be close. Like some of these games, obviously, when you play in Ohio State or someone or even a Michigan, 
yeah, you're probably not going to dominate them, even if you are another top 10 team or something, you know. But a team like Wisconsin or a game like Michigan State where you didn't allow a first down in the second half, you got to stomp your foot in them and be up by two touchdowns so you can kind of eliminate the bad calls. And I think there's something to be said for that too. Dang. Wow. We just saw a little, uh, what was that? A, a, like wide receiver, wide receiver pass. pass in the Monday yeah. night game. Then pass interference. Giants going to get it down at the 10, it looks nope. like. I'm pretty sure that was Kadarius Tony with the throw. Nice. He has a rocket yeah, arm. He does. He slung that thing. And they threw. Did they call offensive pass interference? No way. They got a call. Uh, I mean, he tackled that guy. Oh, uh, they got tripped up. I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, that's I don't a ticky tack call, if you ask me. Um, but anyway, so back, like Nebraska lost upset, but you know they got Iowa on Black Friday, which I love. I love Thanksgiving week is awesome because you have NFL games Thanksgiving. You have the Egg Bowl at night. We yeah. should probably talk about that later. Oh, yeah, we we will. Uh, you got a few Black Friday games, and obviously you go into Saturday and Sunday, more football. So you have a bunch of you have big games, you know, what is that, four days in a row, which is awesome, along with it being Thanksgiving, obviously. So Huskers have Iowa coming up, and Adrian Martinez is actually going to be out, which the guy has been playing pretty much injured the whole year. Guy has a broken jaw. I think he's going to have surgery, and... So Logan Smothers, who is his backup, who we've seen play before. I really don't know how good he is. Seems like a good athlete. I've seen him make some throws in, you know, just backup time. I know he can I know he's fast. He was a track star in high school, but he's from Alabama. I think it would be the perfect ending to this weird season if the Huskers just came out and beat Iowa with their backup quarterback. So then all of Husker Nation can wonder, hey, what if this guy played all year? <laughs> like who it, knows? it would be so perfect. Best four-win team in the history of the world. Yeah, but I mean, I, still, it's there's there's somewhat of a peace of mind knowing. I'm glad they made the decision to bring Frost back earlier, just so that's not something you don't want that hanging over your head. No, especially the last couple of weeks of the season, especially going into this Iowa game. I think the team's going to be able to, especially with a backup quarterback in. You really have nothing to lose now, other than just wanting to beat uh, kind of your border rival. But I'm still excited for the game. I think Nebraska's defense is good enough to keep them in that game. I don't think I was going to score enough points to really blow it out of the or yeah. make it uh, unachievable for the Husker offense to kind of get back in that game or score a couple touchdowns. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited still. I'm already looking forward to next season, which that's college football, man. It's like blink of an eye, and it's almost it's over, gone. You know, so it's you're going to be totally reinvested. When you know recruiting starts in January, you're going to be right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Well, and I've already obviously I've looked at the schedule for next year, and the schedule is way easier. I think that was a lot of the reason uh, to kind of bring Frost back as Trev Alberts AD looks at the schedule this year. You have four top ten teams, th- like three or four other teams that were ranked at one point this year on your schedule. So that's like eight games you're playing against ranked opponents. One of the toughest schedules in the in the country. Next year, it gets a little easier. I don't think you have to play Ohio State next year. Uh, you still have Oklahoma as a non-conference game, but you start off with Northwestern, and again, it's going to come down similar to this past year where you had Illinois first week of the season. You have kind of a lower-tier Big Ten opponent that first game. You have to come out and win that because it is still a conference game. It's still going to be somewhat tough. 
you got to come out and win that game and beat like Georgia Southern and North Dakota. Not North Dakota State, just North Dakota. So very different. You can start off three and zero. Have Oklahoma coming into Lincoln. You got a lot of hype going in there. So that's a whole another ball game. Obviously, that's almost a year away. So did you say you play Illinois first? Northwestern. Oh, next year. okay, okay. In Ireland, week zero. Well, I, what? Yeah, weird. They're doing football over there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they chose us, but we were supposed to play uh, Illinois in Ireland Oof. Uh, this past year, but I got screwed up because of COVID and everything before, so I don't know. Now, Will, do I have permission to be mean Go to for you, it. respectfully? Now, just listen, listen real quick and tell me what you think these teams have in common. Georgia Tech, Rutgers, I'll throw Boston College in there. Arizona, Virginia, Miss Vanderbilt, Maryland, Marshall, San Diego State, Wake Forest, East Carolina, Toledo. What do those teams have in common? I'm gonna assume I did peak, but I think I think I would have gotten this anyway. Uh, those are teams ranked ahead of Nebraska in recruiting currently. Correct. You also miss Vanderbilt, which I guess they still have the SEC poll, but they shouldn't be ahead of Nebraska. That's, That's embarrassing. True. Yeah, guys, pay dirters. Nebraska is ranked. And I'm not trying to be hater. I, I just want to hear Will's take. Nebraska is ranked currently, as of November 22nd, 70th in the nation right now in recruiting. They have nine commitments, all three-star recruits. Uh, Scott Frost has some work to do. For sure. I think if you're Scott Frost, though, you, you at least have the th- the uh, pull of. I mean, it can't really get any worse. <laughs> can't get that much worse. And I mean, if if you're a recruit and you went to the Michigan game or you went to the Ohio State game, you saw some awesome games and you got to experience Memorial Stadium the balloons in a big yeah the balloons. But you got to experience a packed crowd. Against good teams, against te- so if you're a recruit, you're thinking, okay, these guys actually might not be that bad. Maybe I do want to come here. I see the support anyway, and it is still a little early. I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm nervous about that, but I don't know. I think Frost really needs to purge the transfer portal and JUCO ranks this year. I think you need guys in there now. The thing he. You have a relatively young team still. You have a lot of guys that are going to be back next year, so that's why it's not like bothering me a whole lot. Obviously, it's not good because you got to keep reloading every year. But I mean, kids don't want to go to teams that are going four and eight or three and nine. I get it. Like that's that's what it comes down to. You have to win some games to get back up in the recruiting rankings at some point. Like you can't just pull off the we're Nebraska. Anymore, it yeah, worked. That, it, it really worked for a long time, even when you weren't that good. Like Frost has had a top twenty recruiting class since he's been there. At a certain point, it's like okay, you're not like no one wants to go to a loser. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta hit a reset. You know, the, the oh, we're Nebraska national champions a long time ago, nineties or was it eighties? Not nineties. Nineties, yeah. I mean, seventies and nineties. Yeah, you don't want to. You can't really ride those coattails anymore. But here, here's a spin zone for you. Maybe you get some guys signed for Nebraska, Scott Frost does, that are disrespected maybe in the high school ranks right now. Maybe they're maybe they are two and three stars, but they turn out to be 
the Danny Woodheads, the Rex Burkheads. I know Danny Woodhead didn't play in Nebraska, but didn't he? Shattered State, which is in Nebraska. D2. Right. He, he was pissed because he didn't get recruited by Nebraska. Or Austin, yeah, that was, think. that was Bill Callahan. But maybe, maybe you get some guys that aren't on everybody's radar, but they should be because they're really good. So, I mean, that's the spin zone for you. I when it, Yeah, when it comes down to recruits, obviously you want – four stars and five stars and everything recruits like that. For me, I'm more concerned with like four star defensive guys and linemen. When it comes to offensive weapons, there's so much room for development on that side. That doesn't worry me as much. Like for example, Amir Abdullah was a two star safety coming out of high school right. and is one of the best Nebraska running backs ever and is still yeah. in the NFL. Has had a great career. Has been playing with the Panthers recently and actually playing, you know, not just yeah. a practice squad guy. So it's made a whole NFL career out of it. But, I mean, you still have to have – if you're Nebraska, you need to stay in the top 25 ranks of recruiting just because everyone else in the Big Ten is going to be there. You know, like t- talent matters still. But, yeah, it's – it's a uphill battle, right? For and sure, he, and he definitely, when it comes to recruiting, especially if you're not that high in the rankings, you want you want to get your hogs in there. You want to get the linemen and like the important foundations of your team. So maybe you don't get a bunch of high star skill guys, but if you get your 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 big dudes, that's that's good. And you know what? I mean, I know I was recruit shaming you, which is mean, and I shouldn't do that. But you know what? This is a website full of. Guys who sit at a computer all day—they—they they don't know everything about recruiting. They don't know. They can't. They're not the best talent evaluators in the world. So, you know, just because you only have three stars, like it doesn't—it doesn't mean anything. But I did want to throw that in there because I thought it was interesting. Because Nebraska, like you said, they should be top twenty-five. Yeah, right. And like you just pointed out, they obviously don't. You see five stars flop all the time. Now it's still that. I mean, they know what they're doing, obviously, because. Uh, they always show that statistic uh, about NFL players or guys that get drafted or guys in the NFL, and it shows how many two- and three-star guys in the are in the NFL. It's a lot. Which is also skewed, though, because there's way more two- and three-star recruits than there are right. uh, four- and five-stars. Because I think if you look at the percentage, it is like the percentage of five-stars that get to the NFL is like very high. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, could, you could have a five-star like Jadavian Clowney or... Jalen Ramsey, like you could have some of those guys, but you also have guys that turn out to be busts, like Bo Scarborough, that running back for Alabama. He, I don't know if he was a five star, but he hasn't done anything. So, when I think of back to court, there was a time where I think it was that year Blake Sims for Bama won a national championship. They had a couple guys who were four and five stars, and I think it was I want to say Cooper Bateman was the quarterback that they had coming in after. Um, McElroy or McCarron somewhere in there and the guy I think he ended up going to like three or four schools and ended up at South Florida or something you know so it doesn't always work out but yeah I mean the, however like I said regardless of the recruiting ranking I think Frost has to get some guys in get some transfers in that are ready to play especially with we, we don't know if Adrian Martinez will be back next year and a lot of fans don't know if they want him back I think regardless, whatever he decides to do, you need to get a grad transfer quarterback in there to at least challenge him for the spot. Yeah, find your Hendon Hooker. Because I don't necessarily just want a transfer portal QB that 
is looking for another play. Like, I want a guy who's proven like the Louisiana quarterback. Um, I'm trying to think of Miles who else. Brown. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. A guy. I, I don't know. Because you want a guy who's like, how mobile is Miles Brennan? Not super mobile. Because yeah. Frost, we, we've seen the the option kind of come back this yeah. year, and it's super effective. So you want a guy that's going to be able to run that. So you got to have a guy who's pretty mobile. But anyway, uh, enough about Harrison Nebraska. Bailey. I, I mean, he's, he's a possibility, honestly. But uh, enough about Nebraska. Well, we're going to do our Blue Hose update with Nick real quick, and then we'll, we got one more thing in college football, and then we'll hop into the NFL. Nick, give us our uh, update. So, an unfortunate end to Presbyterian's kind of miserable uh, finish to the season. What started out 2-0, and and uh, a bright future then ensued nine losses after that to finish the season 2-9. and uh, Ren Halfley, the quarterback for Presbyterian, three picks, not a good game. They couldn't get the run game going. Del Vecchio Powell, the second, their running back. Um, he had a couple of things going early, but... They got down. Obviously, couldn't keep running the ball. And uh, something unfortunate I noticed, uh, punting. Acha Mbenwe, their punter, uh, three punts. So, unfortunately, I mean, obviously has to do with, um, I guess, game management or kind of situations in the game. But uh, three punts there. So, never fun to see Presbyterian punting, but it did happen. On to next year, we've got uh, some big recruits coming in. Programs being built here, so don't get down on Presbyterian just yet. Um, but quickly covering this last little section here in college football, of course we have to talk about Dan Mullen getting the can, the second SEC coach to get the can midseason. Well, I guess technically not midseason with Ed Orgeron, but I'm counting it as the middle of the season. Dan Mullen out. Uh, what's what's Florida's option? Uh, what are we thinking here, guys? That's the thing a lot of people I saw on Twitter saying, if you want Dan Mullen out, or can you like, how confident do you feel that you're going to find someone better? You know? Because yeah. he, I, I know this year has been bad, and I, 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 I predicted, I said he's going to be gone. And it wasn't necessarily, like, I never really believed in him a whole lot. But I wasn't saying he would be gone necessarily just because I didn't like him. I thought I was like Florida's not gonna be happy. Like they're about to go five and seven. Well, uh, they still have a chance to go to a bowl game. Yeah, they six play Florida and six. State, so they have a real chance. But even yeah, six and six. I knew Florida was not gonna be happy with that, especially the year after going to an SEC championship. And just he had some. He went downhill fast just with his press conferences and the way he was treating games. Kind of I don't know, but um, I, I don't know. A lot of people are talking about Napier at Louisiana. Yeah. Which actually, hey, if he leaves, maybe that quarterback at Louisiana wants to grad transfer over to Nebraska. I don't know. I think he has a year of eligibility left. I'm saying him, and I'm pretty sure he has a year left. But anyway, uh, I, I don't know. Like, is can Napier, is that who you want, really? He's not, I mean, he's coached, he's done really well at Louisiana, but that's it's a totally different ballgame. At yeah. least Mullen had success at Mississippi State. And which is a pretty tough thing to do, you know, play in the toughest division in football with Mississippi State and make them 
a number one team yeah. in the nation at one point. You With know, Dak Prescott. Yeah. That team was fun to watch. So I don't. I don't know. Do y'all? Do y'all have any ideas of who? Who like kind of their I top mean, choices will be? If Kiffin were to leave Ole Miss, and there's kind of been more and more talk about that, I say go, go get him. But I don't even know if he'd go to Florida. He might want to go to Miami or LSU or wherever. But I, I kind of like your point about who are you going to get that's better than Dan Mullen. Yeah, he might have not been the complete answer, but he's pretty damn good coach. So I think they'll have to maybe Jamie Chadwell. That's what – so Tennessee fans, a lot are excited. A lot are like – a lot are like, uh, this isn't necessarily a good thing for us because what if whoever the next guy that comes in is like really good? Like you don't know. Yeah. What if they come in and hire a world beater and he's goes off? So I, I I just really don't know. A lot of Florida fans are talking about Urban Meyer already. Like m- multiple are yeah. saying like get him to come no back. No way. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it would be hilarious if it did, but I really don't think it's going to happen. So... I don't know. Who knows? But, um, Reese, you got any final remarks there? No, I mean, on Florida, I mean, I don't know. Well, we talked about it last week. Will it happen before the season's over or will it not? Turns out it happened right after another loss. So, I mean, I'm not shocked. Dan Mullen tried to do the uh, panic button and he was treading water when he fired, like, a bunch of his coaching staff, the defensive coordinator. Try to save them. They almost lose to Samford, and then you know they drop one this week. I'm not shocked. I, I don't know what Florida is going to do. I'm still going to ride with my take that Florida is the new Southern California. They've they've had success, but you know they've been on a you know decades long streak of not making it to the top. Not decades, but maybe a decade. So I. I, th- I still think Florida is on that downhill portion of the roller coaster. I, it might turn into a dumpster fire, which would be awesome if you're an SEC East fan that's not Florida, so Vols and everybody else. Oh, yeah. Well, and so you have this Florida job open up, so you have all these big-name programs open up, and any other year, about three or four of them would be the number one job. But it's all yeah. happening at the same time. I think Florida is probably the third most attractive job right now knowing that usc and lsu are open i think usc is more attractive because first of all it's usc in la in such california an easier job to... such a an easier road probably to get back to being good yeah because the pac-12 as we see is just not that good even oregon not that good oregon yeah. oregon and utah like you have some solid teams in there but nothing like you're gonna play in the sec yeah you know no. and then lsu I think LSU and Florida are pretty even, but at least you have the recent national championship, mm-hmm. and I think you're in a little better position there, maybe? I'd think so. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, bo- both states are recruiting hotbeds. Like, I don't, you can make the argument for either or, you know. And then the thing is, is you have so many murmurs of guys like James Franklin and Brian Kelly. Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard talked about they think the best fit for USC would be to go get Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. If Notre Dame opens up, I think Notre Dame's a better job than Florida. Yeah. So uh, you're going to have it, – it's going to be really fun to watch all of this unfold in the next month or two or three, you know. So definitely something to keep our eyes on. 
I like it. Well, why don't uh, we start running through some of these NFL games? What do you think about that, guys? Let's do it. Um, So we'll kick off Thursday night. Patriots, who are red hot, absolutely kill the Falcons 25 to zip. Mac Jones looks good. Defense looks good. Belichick seems to have those guys getting hot at the right time. So who knows what's going to happen there? Maybe uh, it wasn't all Brady. It it didn't look like it. Their defense is... They have four picks, a couple pick sixes. Yeah, I mean their defense looks. I mean, as I, good I get as it ever. was the Falcons, and it was. I think they had three quarterbacks throw interceptions. Yeah, Matt that Ryan sounds threw right. two. Uh, Josh Rosen had Josh one. Rosen Felipe threw Franks one. had yep. one. Yep. There you go. Josh Rosen just continues the streak of being the worst quarterback recruit ever in the NFL. In the, yeah, uh, yeah. As, and what's funny is, so many people thought he was the most he was NFL the guy. ready. Yeah coming out of that draft class so yeah um and then moving on we see the colts and jonathan taylor who has the game of his life five total touchdowns 50 something fantasy points they win 41 15 i mean that's insane people uh of course right off the bat here i see people on twitter talking about hey maybe we should start talking about jonathan taylor mvp well, where the hell was all that with derrick henry Two weeks before, when he's been doing that, he did that last year. Yeah, like he had two thousand yards. Yeah, he had two thousand yards. Not a single Pro Bowl offensive lineman. So, but whatever. Hey, yeah, whatever. They, but, they, they, there's no way. I don't care what Jonathan Taylor does. There's no way they gave it to him. That would be like spitting in Derrick Henry's face while that he's literally injured, yeah. like laying in bed. <laughs> Gosh. It's a it's a quarterback's league. That's why. I mean. These running backs, especially Derrick Henry last year, he didn't he didn't get a single vote for MVP, not a single one, which is just disrespectful, I think, still to this to this to this day. But uh, you know what sucks as Titans fans, we have to hate Jonathan Taylor since he's a Colt. But I tell you what, that guy is awesome. He is pretty awesome. He's a powerful running back, and he's fast. Can do it inside the tackle box, outside the tackle box. The great thing about him, too, I think. You know, a lot like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey can catch the ball. That, you know, he, he's all around awesome. But I still don't like him since he's a Colt. He's very good. I have a weird, like, personally, I know the Colts are probably our biggest rival. Definitely yeah. this year. But I've never really hated the Colts. And probably part of that is because when I was a kid. Peyton Manning. Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. Yeah. You'd have, the Titans still weren't popular enough you would go to a Titans game when they were playing the Colts and you'd have plenty, probably like a good hundred people that were Tennesseans would show up in orange 16 jerseys to a Titans-Colts game. Oh, yeah. So that kind of set it up for me. And then even like Andrew Luck, kind of an easy guy to hate if you're a Titans fan. But then I eventually just had to respect him because like, he, he never us. lost to the Titans. We, we, yeah, we can never beat him. He went twelve and zero against us, right? God, that was the worst. So I don't hate Jonathan Taylor. We but. did, we did beat the Colts during the Andrew Luck era once, I believe. Andrew Luck Jacoby was hurt. Jacoby Brissett, yes. Was it him or did we beat Curtis Painter? Jacoby Brissett was the one that played on Monday night in yeah. Nissan because I, I remember I was at that game. That was when Derrick Henry hadn't really come onto the scene yet. He kept. He would get a hundred yard games, but it's because at the end of a game, like he would get like that game, a he had a fifty yard, yard yeah. touchdown run that didn't matter at all. Like I think it it mattered if you had the over, but yeah. that was like about it. <laughs> we were just trying to run out the clock. Crazy, yeah. But the Colts are the Colts are bouncing back. I mean, they're they're a hot team right now. They are a hot team. I think in the NFL, the rankings 
of teams that you do not want to play right now, the Patriots, the Vikings, and the Colts. Agreed. And speaking of Vikings, they just hit a game winner against Aaron Rodgers and his uh, Packers. So the top team, or one of the top teams in the NFC, uh, loses as well, just like the Titans did. We'll get into that later. But the Packers lose 34-31. Green Bay's defense kind of screwing this one up, and they've been good all year. Yeah, you kind of, they... The Vikings poked some holes in their defense, which was impressive. And it's crazy that the Vikings won on a field goal because yes, they classic, usually lose. Yeah, on classic field goal. Vikings. They lose on field goal kicks. But uh, congrats, congrats to them. Kirk Cousins had a good game. Justin Jefferson is awesome. He had an unreal game. What do you have? A hundred and seventy yards. Yeah, I think he had a hundred yards in the first quarter. It yeah, he had. Uh, I was playing him. Against him in fantasy as well, and I believe he had around 37 points in our league. So that tells you right there how he uh, how he played. Yeah, that. Congratulations, Vikings! You did it. They beat the Packers. Aaron Rodgers pissed, probably. Yeah, he's definitely pissed, but not down on the Packers. It's a division game; they're always tough. Rivalry game. Rivalry game, week to week league. We know that by now in the NFL. Uh, there's going to be crazy any given Sunday. So crazy stuff happening there. Um, but a little throwback to 2012, 2013 Cam Newton coming out, balling out playing, unfortunately losing the game to the Washington R words. Um, Kind of terrible. I mean, I feel so bad for Cam. He played so hard. He had that like 25 yard rushing touchdown. That was awesome. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling into the end zone. Um, but yeah, Carolina, they just, they couldn't get the offense super consistent throughout the game. And I felt like that's what lost it for him. But Hey, I hope, uh, Cam continues this streak of playing well and the Panthers get a little steam rolling with Darnold out. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, obviously Cam Newton is impressive. He was one of the great, he is one of the greatest college football players of all time. That, that run he had with Auburn and winning that, he was, was nuts. But I, I'm really not a Cam Newton guy. Ever since he was a big crybaby after they lost Super Bowl 50 to the Broncos, Cam Newton has just pissed me off because he has this huge ego and he thinks he's the hottest shit ever. And, like, I don't know. Congratulations on your, your comeback to Carolina. I mean, he maybe it's arguable who the face of the Carolina Panthers franchise, their history is. I'm going to say Jake DeLome. <laughs> but most people would say Cam Newton. Um, I don't know. I just don't really like him. But it is cool that he's back and he's playing. And, you know, we, we talked about the crazy carousel of quarterbacks in Carolina. And it doesn't make any sense that he's back. But regardless, pretty cool. I was always a big fan of the D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart days. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Jonathan Stewart, he was Bowling thick. ball. He was thick and he could run over, guys. I love Jonathan Stewart. But I think this game is more about... The Redskins, uh, uh, football team, winning rather than the Panthers losing. Taylor Heineke had a great game, and it is awesome. I mean, shades of Taylor Heineke playoffs edition last year. They won that playoff game. He, he had a great game. I mean, he threw the ball well, and the Washington defense is starting to get their feet under them, uh, underneath them because last year they had a great defense, and this year they haven't looked so good. Obviously, Chase Young torn ACL out for the year, but – their defense really showed up, and hey, back to back games. They uh, they held Tampa Bay to nineteen points, and then now they show up at the right time against uh, a resurging Carolina, 
who knows? Yeah, I mean, and the Panthers have the number one pass defense in the, the league right now, and Taylor Heineke was 16 of 22 with no interceptions. So impressive. Very efficient. Very efficient. Yeah, and uh, here's a cool stat. In his first game in Carolina in over 800 days, Cam Newton became the first player in NFL history to have a passing touchdown against a former head coach for whom he won MVP and Rookie of the Year with, Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. Gotta love I didn't Riverboat even think Ron. about that. I totally mm-hmm. forgot Ron Rivera was over there. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, kind of revenge game for everybody. Yeah, it was just <laughs> revenge, <laughs> revenge all over. And another thing to be happy about if you're the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey is back. He looked awesome. He looked like regular Christian McCaffrey, who's one of the best athletes in the world. Agreed. McCaffrey, back, baby. Yeah, CMC. That was dope. But, yeah, congratulations, football team. Keep moving forward here. We have the Chiefs hold the Cowboys to three field goals. Hey, maybe the Cowboys aren't as good as we thought. Everybody thought, oh, my, their defense is incredible. Trayvon Diggs is unstoppable. Dak and Zeke are back. Yada, 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 yada. Really outside of Trayvon Diggs, that secondary has not played well. Um, the offense, I mean, Zeke's been playing pretty well, but they never seem to really click in the big moments. I don't know about Dallas just yet. Yeah, I mean, they had no Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb got knocked out yeah. early, concussion. Definitely hurts. Michael Gallup is still coming. I mean, he was playing, of course, but he had been injured for a while. He's still kind of getting back, getting back in, in game shape. But not, not a good look for the Cowboys, especially at home. I think they're just kind of in a rut, maybe. It's better to do it now than here at the end of the season. Yeah. I feel like now is the time to maybe drop a couple of games, get your get your guys healthy, um, especially for the teams that have gotten a little bit of lead in the where they are right now. You can drop a couple of games, get everybody healthy, and then start moving uh, for the second half of the season. So, hey, maybe uh, McCarthy has a strategy that we don't even know about going right here. Right, and, and that being said, I do think the uh... – the Chiefs are starting are finding their rhythm again. I yes. know they only what they only scored nineteen or something, but still they did defense, what they needed. To. Defense yeah. is playing good now, which a lot of people were worried about. We saw Chris it, Jones is a beast. Yeah. yeah, and we saw was it last week they scored forty one on the Raiders, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, they're they're rounding back into Chiefs form. That right, we've known, exactly. Known in love for the past three or four years. And yeah, big, really good game last night, Sunday night. In the Steelers Chargers game, that was I wa- crazy. Back I and forth, pretty much most of that. But Steelers were down a yeah. couple touchdowns. Right, they were down, and then they came all the way back, took the lead. Yeah, with and a field then, goal. Uh, Mike Williams caught a crazy bomb and kind of just busted coverage. Weird play. He got on his horse. Yeah, and he just took that ball and he held it like a loaf of bread yeah. so he could just take off. And just took off, and man, Herbert was fired up. But Big Ben got his uh, chance to get the ball back, but then huge back-to-back sacks. Yeah, when they needed to uh, move the ball forward on that two-minute drill, so they were just—I mean, it was like third and thirty. They it, it was just over after those two plays. They had no chance of moving the ball. So Chargers, nice dub. Big Ben was also like a walking injury Big ben, in that game. Big Ben is a hero, guys. He was on the COVID list. He got two negative tests, you know, one at like 2 a.m. on Saturday morning, took his own jet to Los Angeles, not even with the team, took his own jet because of the COVID. You know, he's banged up. He's had a pec injury, a hip injury, or whatever else. Big Ben is a warrior. And you know what? We need to put some respect on Big Big 
Big Ben's name. And we are we're seeing the last of the old guard here with Tom Brady and Big Ben. They're the only two left. You know. So respect Big Ben. Hey, I'll respect his football game. He's maybe not a hero because of some uh former things, but hey, I'll, no, I'll respect him. No. People, I'll, I'll respect him as a football hero. People are saying that they're going to build a statue of him in Canton before he even goes to the hall. That's what they're saying. We'll see. He's that much of a hero. Carefully, he's a hero. <laughs> but yeah, big big bounce back for the Chargers, though, who have been stumbling a little bit. Their offense looked great. Justin Herbert, obviously he's a just electric when he throws the ball, but he ran the ball really well, like scrambled a couple times and he's big and fast and hard to bring down. So chargers, you got to be feeling good when, when you clicked against a, a really good team in the, uh, who, who, Oh yeah. The Steelers. I mean, the Steelers are okay, but you got to be happy if you're a chargers fan. There were more, <laughs> I think there were more Steelers fans in SoFi stadium than chargers fans on Monday. Night. Probably. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. Steelers travel well. Yeah, they, they do travel well. I mean, that was impressive. Also, I just wanted to bounce back to the Cowboys because I thought this was a cool stat. And it's a positive note if you're a Cowboys fan. You know, people were giving you a bunch of crap when you took Micah Parsons in the first round and not a cornerback or whoever else you needed. But Micah Parsons had two sacks last night, making him the second rookie in the last 20 seasons with eight-plus sacks and 40-plus tackles in his first 10 career games. Guys, the other person who's done that, Rookie of the Year and Super Bowl MVP Von Miller. Wow! So, so Micah Parsons joins some elite company, and he's awesome. He he just flies around the field. He can play, you know, inside linebacker, outside linebacker. They'll line him up on the D line, and he just is a beast. He he's really cool to watch. He is fun to watch. I know we don't really want to talk about this, but we got to get it out of the way. We what happened we have this to. Sunday, boys? What happened with the Titans? Tannehill, four picks. Everybody got hurt, as usual. I mean, every game it seems like people are going out. So that trend continues rough. I'm not going to panic. No, 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 not, no. Don't panic. I'm it just wasn't fun. And it, we were due. So, I mean, it's not like I was very surprised. And, Will, I even texted you before the game. I knew Houston was going to at least cover that game. Yeah, so. I, I texted Nick and I was like, "Hey, any games you like on the slate today?" And he gave me a couple, and he was like, "Said, uh, I think you said maybe Texans plus ten." And I said, "Yeah, I saw that." And I was like, "There's no way I'm betting on the Titans minus 10. Yeah, like no way. Even <laughs> no. if we we're going to win, I was like, "We're not going to win. We're going to we're going to squeak that game out." In which I thought we were going to squeak. It I out. still did at the end. But, I, like, when we got the Ferkser, uh recovered the fumble in the end zone, yeah, I was yeah. like, "All right, the well, ball's bouncing our way. The defense is tightening up." The drive that Tannehill threw his third pick was the drive. I was like, "Okay, we're going to go down and score on this one." And obviously, he didn't. But I mean, I will say this: people over didn't even think about this. Texans with Tyrod Taylor in are two and two, so still bad. But they're, I mean, they're a lot better than. Still a game you should win, but I mean, listen to this. AJ Brown did play for three quarters, so I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily include him. Julio Jones gone, Derrick Henry gone, Bud Dupree gone. Marcus Johnson left after like the Marcus, first quarter. Marcus Johnson leaves uh, after the first quarter. Oh, there's Tier Tart getting carted off. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rashawn Evans out. Uh, David, David Long, Long David out. Long out. Jeremy McNichols out. We had Hilliard in there running the ball most of the game. Hilliard he, kind of had a nice yeah, game. Yeah, he had a nice game, but I did not. I will I mean, admit, I didn't you, know who that was. You before. pull off the practice squad on Saturday. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, 
I still think Titans should have won that game. Like, I still think that's... There's no excuses. Apparently, the Texans... Uh, the only guy that had played all year for the Texans was like a left guard, and he left the game with an injury that year. So, I, I mean, that game. So, everyone's got injuries, but don't try to tell me it's to the extent of the Titans. Titans team. However, that's kind of the situation you're in. Are yeah. you... I mean, when are you... I think A.J. Brown is going to be in and out the rest of the year, kind of. Julio, if he comes back, we don't even know what his deal is going to be. We don't know, and you're hoping that, hey, we can kind of survive this stretch for a while and get those guys totally healthy. I think it would have been... I think if you have a bye week this week instead of super late in week 14 or whatever... Well, we have the bye after this Patriots game. Right, I know. I'm just So that's a big help. Right, but I hate that we're playing the Patriots next week yeah. because Patriots are hot. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, going with that kind of formula this season, we should win by two touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. We haven't lo- our losses are two teams that don't that are not going to the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, that's, and they weren't playoff teams yeah, last year. That's what. I, yeah, that's what I meant to say. And guess what? Uh, teams that aren't playoff teams won't be in the playoffs. So. We're still on track to win every game that matters. Yeah, I mean this this was just a weird game, and and we'll give credit to the Texans. They they yeah played, they played well. They played well, but the Texans had a bye week, so they had two weeks to prepare for the Titans. It, it was absolutely a monsoon in Nissan Stadium oh, yesterday. The ball was wet. It was pouring down rain, and you know when the Titans the Titans skill position players on offense are Dontrell Hilliard, Anthony Furcher. Des Fitzpatrick, who Des Fitzpatrick, congratulations on your first touchdown. Yeah, redemption by the way. game. But when Des Fitzpatrick is a fourth round pick, gets cut after training camp, you know, he wasn't claimed on waivers, so the Titans brought him back on the practice squad. He got elevated last week. So, and then you have Chester Rogers and Nick Westbrook Akina. Like, when those are your skill guys for Ryan Tannehill, I mean. <laughs> I, it's I, tough. I, you can't. You, it's not a winning formula. It really isn't. So your best receiver probably is Westbrook Akina in that lineup. Yeah, he had some good catches. He, he reminds me kind of like uh, Tajay Sharp a little bit when he was here, which I really like Tajay on the Titans. I think he's a really. I think like Westbrook Akina, really good role receivers. But I mean, like Tajay was a practice squad guy for the Vikings, and I think Westbrook Akina is similar on. Like, he plays for us, but if he wasn't on our team, who knows? He's on a practice squad somewhere, maybe. Tajay's actually on the Falcons now. Right, he is now. Yeah. But still, I mean, like, a bunch of... He was on the practice squad for the Vikings. But, like, literally a bunch of, like, third and fourth string guys and guys bring off the practice squad. It's not a winning formula in the rain. And, I mean, Ryan Tannehill had four interceptions. That He has more interceptions this year... Than touchdowns, and he leading the is, league. he's leading the league and getting sacked too. Yeah, so I mean, you can't put it all on Tannehill. Obviously, a terrible game and shades, scary nightmare shades of the Ryan Tannehill in Miami. But worst game mm, of his career, though, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he, I mean, which was crazy. He still had over three hundred yards, but it's not a winning formula for the Titans, especially when you know, assuming Derrick Henry is healthy and like in the past. We're not a throwing team. We're a run first team, but and it's not winning formula when we're a throw the ball thirty to thirty five times, not 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 fifty times, right? And yeah, exactly. It's not winning formula for Ryan Tannehill with a bunch of practice squad guys 
to throw the ball over 50 times in the rain. That's the thing. You can't... When you don't have weapons, you really can't throw up 50 times. I think if you have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and Derek... Well, I mean, if you have Derek Henry, you're not throwing the ball 50 times. But you know what I mean. If you have those weapons, then it's like, okay, yeah, let's throw it because those guys are going to be open most of the time, you know? Exactly. This This is a game where... I'll make the analogy of, you know, it's 11 p.m. on a Wednesday night. You come home after a long day at work or whatever else you're doing. You haven't been to the grocery store, so you just raid the pantry and the fridge, and you got to throw something together. you got a can of tuna. You've got a half-eaten banana. You've got some maybe a macaroni cup. And to throw it, to throw it all together, your electricity goes out. What do you, you can't heat those foods up. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's playing in the rain with a bunch of practice squad guys. I mean, he throws four picks. That's what happened. It was that's what it was for the Titans this week. And honestly, he shouldn't have one of those picks was bad because I think Des Fitzpatrick was supposed to run a little bit of a different route and he didn't come back all the way and, you know, whatever. But uh this yeah. is a throwaway game. Forget about it. We're on to New England. Here's the thing. I mean, it's a good thing you had that, what was it, 6-0 and stretch yes. in your murderer's row. You did that. So, hey. You made it through the gauntlet. Yeah, you made it through the gauntlet. With and a bunch of injuries. I had people texting me about, like, dude, how are the Titans so, like, good and so bad? And I'm kind of just like, doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> all that matters is We're you We're still win. number one in the AFC. That, exactly. Like, I mean, you can't worry. It's, it's the NFL this year. The NFL and college are mirroring itself this year, and it's funny because you hear so many people who are like, oh, I like NFL way more than college because, you know, there's not even anyone that good in college. Well, is there anyone really that good in the NFL this year? Is anyone... Uh, before this weekend, you would have said the Titans. Maybe, but uh, there's... I mean, no one in the national media thought that. Yeah, no, but the NFL is a toss-up this year. There's no juggernauts. There's no Patriots. There's no Bra- Brady and the Bucks just lost two in a row. Yeah. To the Saints and to the Washington football team. Like, yeah, there you go. Defending defending champs lose two in a row to subpar teams. You and, know? Un- and unfortunately for us, that's the great thing about the NFL is anybody can beat anybody. I mean, we saw the Jags get a couple wins. The Jags beat the Bills. Bills got crushed this past weekend, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Bills are and they're they second. Are they're se- they're behind us in the AFC. Yeah, they're second yeah. team in the AFC. So it's like, I'm, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but... You know this game sucked. If you're gonna lose, hey, get your lot, get get the most out of it you can, I guess, because it still counts the same. You yeah. Know? And the great thing is the Titans have one game with the Jaguars and another one with the Texans still on the schedule. So assuming we get healthy and we are not playing in the rain and our electricity doesn't go out, we win those games. And I will say, I'll shout, I'll shout out Swaff. I know we're not in the hot corner yet, yeah. but his his big take is like you can't win. A Super Bowl with Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. A Super Bowl, and okay, so I I think I, this is what I think he's saying by that. I think he's saying like Tannehill is not going to win you a Super Bowl like on his own. However, no quarterback does. I, that that's that's my argument. Who who won the Super Bowl last year? Tom Brady. Tom Brady and the Bucks, and they had an incredible Incre- defense. Yeah, yeah I was, I, defense. I was going to say no. We saw. Here is what happened. Tom Brady didn't win that Super Bowl because if you're talking about quarterback play, all people were talking about that game was how Patrick Mahomes was making insane plays and couldn't yeah. do anything on his own. Yeah. He was he literally had a top 100 play for the NFL top 100 plays and it was an incomplete pass. 
that he threw right in the dude's face mask. Uh, like, Tom Brady doesn't win that game without that defense. They don't even come close. Tom Brady threw three picks in the NFC Championship game against the Packers, did everything he could to lose that game, but the defense holds him in it, you know? So, correct, the Titans, without Derrick Henry, probably not going to win a Super Bowl. But guess what? They have Derrick Henry. So, as long as you can get your way through this regular season, get back to the playoffs, we're good. You get kind of healthy... Yeah, I mean, that's all I'm saying, especially with the defense the way it is this year. You haven't had this Titans defense. When Titans went to the AFC Championship a couple years ago and played the Chiefs, you did not have this defense that you have now. No, not great, even, not even close. And, I mean, Peyton Manning, Super Bowl 50, he didn't win that Super Bowl. He was terrible. Von Miller in that defense won that exactly. Super Bowl. Exactly, yeah. And he was playing the MVP in Cam Newton. Cam Newton couldn't win it on his own. Right. You know, we see, we've seen it. I know... The argument is you, you look at the past few Super Bowls and it's all like really good quarterbacks. But like you said, Peyton Manning, not in his best shape no. as a as a in his Absolutely career. Absolutely not. He, he Tom Brady really throw it. Tom Brady last year, I mean he played like he didn't like play bad or anything, but he didn't win you that game. That that Bucks defense won. That Bucks defensive line filled yeah, with that pass Adama Kinsu and Shaq Barrett and Devin White and Levante JPP. I mean Yeah, JPP. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. So it's a team sport, guys, and not not just offense and, de- and defense, special teams. And we didn't even talk about it. The Titans have had very special or very good special teams this year. Bad they made special a special teams blunder yesterday. Chester yeah. Rogers is gifted him fum- fooling around touchdown. when the punts in the air, and then he the ball just lands on his foot, and the freaking uh, uh, Texans recover it in, inside the ten. Now they did get a touchdown. Titans defense very good in the red zone. Multiple times they did that, didn't they? On the 82-yard return for an intercept, yeah. interception return, oh, yeah, they held them to right. a field goal, too. Yeah. So, Titans defense, bend, don't break. Um, it, it was a gross game, but I'm not, I'm not obviously not hitting the panic button. I'm, I'm leaving the panic button out in the backyard. It's buried underneath the oak tree, not even thinking about digging it up yet. Um, I tell you what, if we can, you know, we play the Patriots, whatever, We'll see what happens. Then we have a bye week, which is going to be huge. It will be huge for us to have that bye week, to get healthy, get some rest. I mean, it's been 13 weeks. Where It'll be yeah. 13 weeks after this Patriots game that the Titans have played and we're so injured. And if we can hold this number one AFC spot and get the first round bye in the playoffs, that will be insanely good for the Titans. If you can win this Patriots game, that would be huge. I mean, that would be Huge. massive, I think. Because look who you have left after that. Jags, Steelers. Honestly, Niners, Dolphins, Texans. You're feeling really good about all those again. So, and if yeah. you, I, I think the huge thing, too, if you can hold on to this number one spot and have a bye, just more time for guys to get healthy. More possibly Derrick Henry, Henry coming back. Oh, my God, please. Could that you imagine... For you, you come into that divisional game and Derrick Henry first game back. Gosh, oh man, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, got a lot of a lot of good stuff coming up, guys. Why don't we go ahead and jump into next week? Um, I'll do it again, like how we did last week. Just kind of run through the big games that we have, and then what you guys think, what you guys see. Uh, go ahead and give your take. So I'll kick us off on Thanksgiving. We had the Egg Bowl, like you were talking about earlier, Will. Number eight, Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. We have the Iron Bowl, of course. Uh, a lot of these are going to be rivalry games, as we love the good rivalry week here. Alabama have, uh, at Auburn. 
I have a quote about the the Egg Bowl real quick that I thought was interesting. Sneak it in. Yeah. So Lane Kiffin uh, was asked about the Egg Bowl, and he said, "It is just football. You really shouldn't hate people because of where you go to school." Oh, that's definitely some BS stuff about Tennessee and. <laughs> yeah, I, he's I t- always subtweeting. The Egg Bowl is he's almost... always subtweeting. He is, yeah. <laughs> the Egg Bowl, honestly, in a lot of people's eyes, is honestly a bigger rivalry than the Iron Bowl. I know that the Ole Miss and the Mississippi State fans absolutely hate each other. In Mississippi, you're either a State fan or you're a Rebels fan, and if you're not, if you're, you know, on one side or the other, you hate the other <laughs> side. You absolutely hate them, and so for. Lane Kiffin to just like write it off and like be like, oh, who cares where you go to school? That's kind of that's just weird. But he's classic. gone. That's what that means. He's gone. Oh, he's going to LSU. <laughs> who knows? But I, I thought that was funny. Though. I think funny. the Iron Bowl is big. It's definitely more relevant to playoffs and actual college football than the Egg Bowl has been. I don't know if I I don't know if I disagree with you though on the fans hating each other more actually because you know every now and then you see some inner you see some Alabama Auburn like marriages you know you see the house divided, house divided license, license plates, plates yeah you never see an you don't, Ole Miss you don't see a lot of the Ole Miss Mississippi State combinations Mm-mm. they don't I they can't they put like their differences aside no they yeah. hate each other um, another rivalry game here where teams hate each other Ohio State and Michigan obviously that's a huge huge game for Massive. the playoffs here the winner of that I mean well it depends on how the championships and everything shake out, but um, Ohio State, Michigan, going to be a huge game. Thinking Ohio State wins that. Interesting thing I saw on Instagram: the Ohio State equipment staff has taped up some of their like scout team players' helmets with navy and maize duct tape to look like Michigan helmets. Oh, I like it. So that was pretty cool. So Get them I fired you, up. You know, Ryan Day in Ohio State wants to beat the brakes off of those Wolverines, and I don't. I think they are. I don't see Jim Harbaugh and Michigan winning. It's going to be another L for them. Eight I, years I in a row, it's going to be nine. I hope it's an awesome game, but I don't. I don't see it happening. Real quick, quick debate. Better rivalry all time, not just recently, but all time. Try to think of it: Ohio State, Michigan, or Bama, Auburn. I mean, I'm a little biased because I grew up an Auburn fan. My dad went to Auburn, but I think. The Iron Bowl just has so much history. It used to be really cool when it was played in Birmingham when they'd meet in the middle of cool. Auburn and Tuscaloosa. I really like those kind of neutral site. Both fans get to go travel. Um, it is, but, I mean, I'm fine with how it is now. But I think Alabama, Auburn, it, it just means so much. has meant more recently. Um but like I said, I'm a little biased. What do you guys think? Well, it's been more competitive recently, yeah. obviously, for sure. Um, so I love Ohio State-Michigan being like the noon game, cold November, yeah. just Big Ten football. That part of it to me is awesome. I think what separates the Iron Bowl is the fans. I think it's just more – I think the fans for Alabama and Auburn like make it a better rivalry. Yeah. If that makes sense. I can see that. Uh, I honestly think that Ohio State and Michigan is a bigger rivalry. I no, I mean and I Yeah, it's I, arguable yeah. for sure. No, I, I think I mean I think it is. So there have been one hundred sixteen Bet, those are two better all time programs than mm-hmm. I think like Alabama is, but I don't think Auburn is in that echelon with no, Ohio no, State, no, Michigan no. and Alabama, you know? Yeah. So hundred and sixteen games between Michigan and Ohio State. 
Michigan actually leads the all-time series 58-51. to 51. <laughs> This is a crazy stat. The largest victory in the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, Michigan beat Ohio State 86 to nothing in 1902. Wow. That's, Sounds about right. That's wild. Well, and, Michigan uh, was humming for the first, like, 50 years of the 20th century. Right. Well, they still were, but I just mean, I feel like Michigan's definitely got a bunch of natties from, like, the early 1900s. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're almost, they're, they're similar in age. The first Michigan-Ohio State game was in 1897, and uh, the first... Iron Bowl game was in 1893. Um, so, yeah, very <laughs> incredible rivalries. Probably when you think of rivalries, these are the biggest two. Um, but I, I think Michigan-Ohio State is bigger just because I think Ohio State and Michigan are more story programs than Auburn. That's fair. Yeah. And uh, longest win streak for the Alabama-Auburn rivalry is Alabama won nine in a row from 1973 to 1981. So... Uh, and I think it's been more back and forth in history. Like the current win streak was Alabama one one in twenty twenty until now. So uh, I don't know. Awesome games. I'm excited to watch. I do. I I think Ohio State will win, uh, like you will. But I hope it's a game. I hope it's a good game. Agreed. And then uh, the final big rivalry game here um, is Oklahoma number ten at number seven Oklahoma State Bedlam. Gonna be a big one. Gonna be a big one. I'm, I'm kind of torn between. I feel like that could go either way. Really, I'm gonna go Oklahoma State. Just, because. I think Oklahoma could be reeling here. There's talks about Lincoln Riley possibly leaving um, to go to LSU or Florida. So who knows? I love coach. Gosh, I love coaching rumors. Oh, I do too. And speaking of that, we didn't even talk about it. So before the Michigan State Ohio State game, news came out that I think Michigan State was rumored to hire or signed to an extension Mel Tucker for like ten uh, years, a hundred million dollars. So not good to have that murmur pop up right before your game. And then I thought go, it was. I thought he. I thought it happened. Did yeah, I thought happen? it was. I don't know. If it it's might official. have not gone all the way through, but. Yeah, I saw some stuff where it looked like the deal was already done. Well, because they were worried about LSU coming and hiring them. Yeah, so they came up and paid them. So, uh, yeah, I don't know about that that one. I think Mel Tucker's solid. I, I just don't know. It's hard to judge a guy that, that soon. Yeah, but it's hard to give him an extension that would pay him more than Ryan Day when you just got waxed by Ohio State. Well, and like Mike Riley's... Uh, Second season in Nebraska, he started off like seven and zero, and we saw how that turned out. So I, I don't know. Could be rough. It's a, I mean, it's a different. It, we're in the past three years is a totally different world of college football. Yeah, like you, ha, you kind of have to do stuff like that. You have to gamble on stuff because no one has any loyalty anymore outside of guys who have been at a school for years and years and years, or outside of guys who are at their alma maters. No one has any loyalty anymore. So, yeah. No and people are willing to throw money at whoever because everyone wants to win a national championship. Match. Yeah, teams who don't even win national championships are, want a national yeah. championship. So that's the end goal. Yeah. Um, I can also jump over to the NFL here. We'll do the same little format. Um, we'll kick it off with Thanksgiving again. We love football on Thanksgiving, and we love Thanksgiving. 
I love Thanksgiving. It's probably second to Christmas, I think, in, in holidays for me. Thanksgiving Day, number one for me. Christmas season. Is I, like I'd agree. Because Christmas is really like a month when you think about it. And That's what, true. What about going out to the hometown bar the night before Thanksgiving or the night before Christmas, which is more fun? I think Ooh. the night, night before Thanksgiving is more of a thing. Yeah. yeah because yeah, Christmas yeah. Eve. Christmas Eve, you get you could get away with it. You could get away with it, but people uh, are probably spending a little bit more time. But the Wednesday before Thanksgiving—that is like an all-time elite hometown bars night. So you see, I'm people, fired up for that here yeah, in Nashville. You, you see people that you even your brain hasn't even thought of for like three or four years, and you're like, "Oh, hey, you're here." Hey, man. What's your, yeah. Wait, what's your go? What's the what hometown bar are you thinking? Are we going to like Tin Roof Two? Tin Roof, Tin Roof Two could be the move. I don't know. Are we going good, to Club uh, Beans, dude? I want to part- Club Beans. I want to participate in this because. I Actually, well, I won't be here. I'll be in Knoxville. Well, that's stupid. and we could do it. Maybe a maybe a Joe's place or Crow's Nest, a little Green Hills action. That's always a good time. I've been. I I mean, for maybe a much, greenhouse. Pretty much every year in college, I was in Texas because, uh, you know, I didn't come all the way home, or you know, Texas A and M had a game on Thanksgiving. So I'm excited to participate in this Wednesday before Thanksgiving extravaganza. Let's get after it. Oh, before we get to football, what's y'all's favorite Thanksgiving food? Uh, actually, no. We'll go side dish. Side dish. Favorite side dish: stuffing or dressing. What other people will call it, but it's stuffing. Yeah, stuffing. Uh, my mom makes green bean bundles with Ooh. bacon. Yeah, just wrapped in bacon. But it's, yeah. you got to make them a certain way. I don't even know. She yeah. does it. But I'll she does it go. right. What's your What's yours? I'll go. I'll let you go before I start getting into like ten side dishes. I, mean, <laughs> I think it. It's kind of like a lame pick, but honestly, I think mashed potatoes and gravy hits it's different. A classic. Yeah, no, it's they, a classic. It hits different on Thanksgiving. I don't eat that any other time of the year, really. So I think it's just it's so good when you can like dip your roll in the gravy, and the gravy kind of spills over on everything else. It, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I'm a big mashed potatoes and gravy guy. Uh, another one my mom makes corn casserole, Ooh. underrated. Ooh, just like the Native Americans used to do. <laughs> Maze. <laughs> What's another one? I'm I'm like blanking. I feel like also a good sweet potato casserole. Yeah, you know? get a little marshmallow on yeah. the top. I was gonna say my mom makes it a little different. She doesn't put marshmallows in it, but I asked her to put marshmallows in it this year. So it's she good. said she's gonna go half and half. Oh, yeah. throwing the marshmallows in there with um, some pecans on top yeah, as that's well. What she yeah. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The pecans and just let the top caramelize and everything. Man, Sheesh. it's nice. I'm getting hungry now. We might have to do an early. Thanksgiving dinner. Well, and so what's your take on turkey? I love, I love turkey. Love I do it. too. What's up with these people who don't like turkey? Especially when you have gravy. I just oh, throw yeah. gravy all over and my especially turkey. Especially when awesome. you see the turkey get chiseled right off the turkey right there. Or if you get a leg. Yeah. A turkey like, oh gosh, it's one of the best. You, they can't, give, you can't beat it. They give yeah. them to the NFL guys after the game. Exactly. They, they, the NFL guys eat the turkey leg on TV. It's awesome. Worst take I've ever seen. Justin Thomas tweets out. The like golfer? Around, yeah, around Thanksgiving. He said, and I think he said hot take, but he said, Thanksgiving food is not that great. If it was that good, you'd eat it all the time, all every day of the year. That's stupid. That is stupid because I said, actually, no, Justin Thomas, I'm not going to eat mac and cheese and mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes and gravy every day. I'd probably I'd die. die. <laughs> and also, what, what about keeping some things sacred? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you'd spoil it a little bit if it was just. You're right. Like I, every day. I, I wouldn't eat it every day of the year, just like I don't eat freaking fried chicken every day of the yeah, year. Yeah, like, or pizza, like or I pasta. Eat, I do eat turkey a lot during yeah. the year. And if someone makes some mashed potatoes and gravy, I'm going to eat them. So I'm, 
Terrible take. Terrible take. I lost a lot of lost a lot of points with me on that one. Oh, and also one of the greatest things about Thanksgiving is leftovers the next day or the next like three days. You just eat Thanksgiving. Yeah, you make your leftovers. little like Thanksgiving hangover type sandwich. Oh, like you God. get a roll, throw a bunch. You throw you throw the turkey on, and then you just throw everything else on. You throw the mashed potatoes on it because who cares? You just throw it all together and pour gravy over it. We should do a Thanksgiving snake draft right now. Three things. Three okay. things. Just wait. Anything or food? No. Okay. How about we do this? One food item, one experience on Thanksgiving, and one thing you're thankful for. Okay. All right. So we'll kick off food first. Yeah. No, you yeah, don't. You know. You can. You can take. No. Something. No. I think we have. We got to go. Uh, like one and one. one because yeah. It makes it more even. Okay. Though. That's fair. So we'll start. We'll go food. Uh, what was the next one? Food, experience on Thanksgiving, and then... Something you're thankful something for. Something you're thankful for. Okay. You can go first, Will. It's your your podcast, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> also, Nebraska lost, so sad. Okay. Food? Oh, man. We just mentioned so many. Yeah, we gave away picks, but that's okay. Yeah, you can you can repeat uh, what we were just saying. Yeah. Totally fair. I think I'm going to go sweet potato casserole. Ooh. Good call. Good number one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say dinner rolls. Oh, some sister Schubert's dinner rolls with butter. That is a classic. Oh you man, you do. I do end that up eating about four rolls. That's yeah, yeah. So and then you, you snack on them throughout the rest yeah, of the night too. Eating. You're like, oh, there's a roll. I'm yeah, yeah. One. You sneak one before the meal starts. Oh, every time. Sneak yeah. one before the meal. You get two for the meal. You get one dessert roll, and that hits your total at four already just during the meal. Mm-hmm. And then you probably eat another three or four throughout the night. And so. the next day, you cut the roll in half and put turkey on oh, it. Oh, yes. Yes, that is – that's one of my favorite things. Actually, I'm going to take that as my food, the leftover turkey sandwich that you make for either okay. that's Thanksgiving like, that's dinner good. or lunch the next day because so, that yeah. is one of the best sandwiches you can eat. So good. Okay. Okay. That's good. So now, and then you snake got, draft. You got experience. Experience. I'm stealing just what we were talking about the night before Thanksgiving at <laughs> oh, the hometown okay. bars. I said I it. Yeah, I said yeah. it a second ago. I'm going to use it for my official pick. It's a blast every time. <laughs> you get to see friends you haven't seen in a while. You get to blow off some steam before uh, going and hanging out with the family all day, which you love. But yeah, hometown bars. Book it. Not. Actually, you say yours because I don't want to steal it if it's yours. Okay, I don't uh, think it's yours. Experience Thanksgiving, the food coma nap right oh, after you eat. Oh, that's a good one. Just yeah. watching football on the couch in a. That's close to what I was going to say. Dream actually, state almost. almost. Yeah, you just you're so full, and then you just sit down and you like do not want to get up. You're in some like you're wearing a belt probably. Anytime you wear a belt and you eat, you like just want to pass out after. Yeah. This is a. <laughs> what about a walk with your cousins before Thanksgiving? Oh, that is a classic. Not gonna. Yeah, that's not gonna but anyway, I, I knew I had. I had to throw it out. there. You had to stick it in. Take a walk. You know. Hey, we're gonna take a walk real quick. We'll be back right before you eat. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I was gonna say unbuttoning your pants, but that kind of goes Ooh. with that kind of goes. No, that kind of goes with the coma food I, coma nap. I would allow it. Well, but that's what I meant. Like what I'm doing, similar to what I'm doing now. Hands on my like. You sit on the couch, unbutt your pants, throw your hand down there, watch some football. It's a good I think time. I'm gonna go. I think I'm, but that that ties into food coma nap, watching football. I think I'm gonna go toss it. I, I was gonna say that my first one. My first thought was originally 
throwing the football around. Oh, that's a good yeah, one. Backyard football action. That's so good. That's Especially a if you got a lot of dudes in your family. Yeah. I need to make sure. The cousins so got, and the uncles coming out. I got I got two sisters and a little brother. By the time we all have families and everything, got to make sure, you know. Little we Thanksgiving got, we football Got to make going. sure we got a lot of boys. You got to have some yeah, being popped out. Around. Yeah, so we can really get some backyard football games Getting going. Getting some grass stains on the khakis before you eat. Nothing like it. Piss off your mom yeah. right before you get in there. Oh, yeah. Okay, Will, thankful for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clo- start off the, the third and final round here for us. And and you don't have to you don't have to be sappy about it. I think we can take things in our lives that, you know, just make them better. You don't have to say like, "Oh, I'm thankful for my mom." Like, yeah. Although we are, of course. But we're but always you know. thankful. Right. Always every day. Let's see. So am I saying like this is just one thing I'm thankful for or am I saying like the Mount Rushmore of things to be thankful for? I think we could go that route. I think that's what we're going to do. All right, I'm going to say uh, this meal is probably a top one. Probably yeah. the first thing that comes out of most people's mouth. Yeah. We're thankful for this food. Or actually, thankful no, that's really more food. of like a prayer thing. That's not You don't say that when you're thankful for. I'll, go, I'll just go with family. That's family. Top, that's a classic top, one. Top one, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a first-round pick. Yeah. That's a first-round pick. I think I'm going to go with, golly. Oh, you know what? I'll say it. Sports. sports. I'm thankful for sports. Mm, yeah, life would be so boring. The holidays are so much more fun when there's live sports. Actually, on. yeah. If they're well, yeah. Even in general, though, think about it. Life, life itself. You know, you grow up playing sports. When you're too old to play and you're not in the league, you just watch them. You talk about them. You dream about them. Uh, sports. I wouldn't have a source of income without sports. That's true. About yeah, that. wouldn't, wouldn't have, have a job. job. <laughs> there you go. I'll close this off here with something I'm thankful for. Um, and this is kind of, a, I guess, a, a weird spin on this, but I'm thankful for the memories, but it's not the memories at Thanksgiving. I feel like the storytelling of coming back together and everybody talking about the good memories together. I feel like mm. Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that, uh, along with Christmas, you get to spend time with your family, but also talk about the great moments and memories you've had as a family. So yeah. that specifically, I've, I'm very thankful for. Yeah, everybody's always like, oh, hey, remember this? Yeah, hey, remember. You just get to remember and reminisce on so many fun things throughout uh, throughout the years. Yeah, mm. you catch up on the year that you've been away. Love I like that. it. Beautiful. Great stuff. Thanksgiving, and then we'll talk about it. NFL on Thanksgiving is the best. It is. I can't wait to come back and talk like... Hey, Thanksgiving meals, top three dishes you had, go. Yeah, because yeah, be we're doing our top three predictions, or I guess what we think are going to be really good yeah. this year, kind of. You might have a sleeper. You might come away and be like, man, that was Yeah, man, I wasn't even thinking about it. dressing I've ever yeah. had. We may come back next week and say, man, I, I kind of was sleeping on the, the gravy this year. Maybe that should have been my favorite side dish. I was drinking gravy. It was so good this year. I, I was informed by my mother that there was going to be chess pie Ooh. on Thanksgiving. Ooh excited for that so i'll be sure to bring a bring a bib yeah well also just bring the the review of it when i <laughs> yeah. come back yeah all right well i'll take us back to football here boys always love talking a little thanksgiving though gets you fired up and oh, in so many different ways um but we've got our classic bears lions game on thanksgiving it's oh, gonna be awesome i Perfect. mean that's that's the marquee matchup here those are two about as thanksgiving nfl teams as you can well, get the lions could get their win bad like yeah no, i think the lions are gonna win yes i think they finally they could get, get their it. win 
they can get their way. I hope you, they do. Remember a few years ago when like Chase Daniel was playing yes, for the Lions? Yes, I, gosh, it's 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 better honestly when they're yeah. bad. No, so. it makes it more fun. We've got Raiders at the Cowboys coming up after that, and then Bills at the Saints. So some pretty good games on this Thanksgiving. Some unusual games. I feel like you. Bills Saints doesn't seem like a yeah, that is no. Thanksgiving weird, game. Yeah. To me. Is it in uh, the Superdome? Is it in New Orleans? I believe it is. Yes. I feel yeah. like it's actually. I feel like I've seen that before. I guess. I don't They've know. done it. No, they did it last year. Did they? Yeah. It was, it was Drew Brees in, or Josh Allen. It was in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if it was against the Bills, but it, I know it was in New Orleans. I love the Thanksgiving Day NFL graphic that they put on the screen. Like there's a little cornucopia and a turkey and stuff yeah. just on your screen. Yeah, I love that. It's a classic. Oh, we're getting into the NFL season where there's graphics. We got the yep. Thanksgiving graphics and Christmas graphics. Some of the best. Mm-hmm. Just, Some of the best just, graphics. That's just football for you. Well, we'll keep chugging along here in the NFL. I'll start ripping off some of these uh, other big games. Buccaneers at the Colts. It's looking like the Buccaneers are going to get the win here against New York, so they'll be looking to continue that success there, and hopefully the Colts lose. Uh, Rams at the Packers is kind of my big normal scheduled game of the week. That's going to be interesting. Packers are looking to bounce back, so are the Rams. Uh, We've got the Browns at uh, Baltimore Sunday night. We've got the Seahawks at Washington Monday night. And then, of course, like we were talking about earlier, we've got the Titans at the Patriots. Titans are playing one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Going to be a tough one. What's your takeaway, Will, from those games? What do you think is going to be either the most exciting or biggest thing you see out of that slate of games right there? I think Bucks. the way the Colts are playing, that'll be a fun game to watch. Rams-Packers, kind of the same thing. Packers are... I know they have a really good record, but they seem so up and down to me. Yeah, I've watched them a lot just because I've said it plenty of times, but I have a couple of guys there on my fantasy team. And they're just an odd team. They won a lot of games early by not scoring a lot of points. Yeah. And like on pa- obviously on paper they look good. Kind of similar to like a Bills where it's like on paper you're thinking, man, this team's awesome. But And say, same with the Rams, honestly. Yeah. But I think the Rams, to me... They pass the eye test more than the Packers do. If you just watch their games, yeah, the Rams, for the most part, obviously they've dropped a couple, but when they're on, their offense just looks so good. Yeah, unstoppable. So I, I agree with you. I think the Rams might pick that one up, actually. I think they'll win that. I like it. Reese, what are you thinking about uh, out of those games? What are your big takeaways from the Rams, Packers, Seahawks, Washington, Patriots, Titans? What are you excited about here next week? I'm excited. I mean, this is chalk, but I'm excited for Titans-Patriots. Yeah. I mean, Titans go on the road. I mean, traditionally, I think we've been a pretty good road team. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it just seems like something the Titans will do, you know, stay on trend with this year. We we drop a bad game, and then we play – we go into the next week playing a really good team, and we just take care of business. I think this is a take-care-of-business game for the Titans. I think the defense will play well. I think we'll have some weird, like, offensive stuff happen. You know, Adrian Peterson breaks off a screen pass and scores. Ooh. Ryan Tannehill dumps one off to Westbrook Aquina. He takes it 30 yards. I think Titans Titans have a good week here. But uh, otherwise, good game. I'm excited to watch the Patriots and Mac Jones, too. Hope, I like it. You know, hopefully they're bad, but still be cool to watch. I like it. Well, as the uh, show is winding down here, we have to include our segment of our boy Swaff, 
the hot, steamy, steamy hot corner. It's It was pretty hot last week. It, it was, was actually it was really, really hot, hot last week. week. <laughs> so I don't know if he's going to be able to beat that no, this, uh, performance. This is, this is just... This is out of left field. This is not what I expected. So uh, here are Swafford, the lawyer, his hot takes. And it's all about the NFL this week. He told me this is his last four teams in the NFL playoffs this year. And before I even get into his descriptions, his last four teams making the playoffs this year, Eagles, Panthers, Colts, and Raiders. That, that, though, none of those things go together. I, I don't understand it. I don't... I'm trying to think. I mean, I think the Colts have a chance of getting in. But what's their... They still have kind of an uphill battle for them, don't they? I mean, they won't win the division. Right. They're, I mean, they won't. So, they'd have to have a wild card, which is what he's... I mean, that's what he's saying. But, yeah. uh, but this year... Well, I mean, I mean, it kind of... I mean, maybe it could happen this year for all these teams because there is an extra playoff spot for the 17 games. Right, right. But here, here, here he goes into the descriptions. For the Panthers, Cam Newton yesterday set an NFL record for games with both a passing and a rushing touchdown, and his presence alone has sparked the playmakers around him. And the entire team elevated its game since he came back. I think his experience under the greatest coach of all time, he means Bill Belichick, is going to pay off. For- <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> what? I was about to say, Matt Rule is not the best <laughs> coach of all time, but Belichick that, makes a little more sense. That experience is going to uh, pay off for Cam mentally throughout the remainder of the career. That didn't do anything <laughs> for him. He doesn't even. He probably didn't even talk to Belichick. Like, whatever. Keep going. His ego will still be great, but I don't think it's going to harm him any longer after the humbling experience in New England. That's kind of a... He just kind of did a 180, but... Cam still... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Cam still has years left in this league, and I don't expect the Panthers to be quarterback searching this offseason. Wow. All right, for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is a gamer with exceptional maturity, as we saw in the way he handled himself under Tua in Alabama and college. And I think he will be a better passer each year because he is a student of the game. I like his chances of surprising the Vikings, Niners, and Saints, who are all without a gamer of a quarterback. And Jalen Hurts will win a Super Bowl in his career. Gosh, that's a take. That is. A I mean, I like Jalen Hurts fine. Yeah. Swaff is going back. But he on, doesn't make it. Yeah, he doesn't. He's going back on his Saints take and how, like, Jameis was going to take him to the Super Bowl. Obviously, Jameis is out for the season, but, like, now he's saying that this is going to be a jumping-off pad for Jalen Hurts, listing the Saints well, as a team and, that he beats. And he talks about it being such a quarterback league and only teams with, like, awesome quarterbacks win. Does he really think Jalen Hurts is, like, that awesome? He's yeah. A, he, he I mean, I think he's, he's good. He says he's a gamer. I don't know. Tanner like, I mean, may, maybe the Eagles will, like, that. that's, like, my point that I make is a quarterback just has to be good enough. To like win a Super Bowl, yeah. I mean, but I feel like he's Trent going the opposite won a Super Bowl. of Super right. But I feel like he's like Oops, saying the opposite when he says things like that because like Jalen Hurts isn't Patrick Mahomes. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. Is he even Ryan Tannehill? We no. won't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that isn't. I, I don't understand that. But go ahead. <laughs> and the Colts, they don't have to play the Titans anymore this year. And I think the easy game, they win the easy games, and then they beat the Cardinals to make the playoffs. And then he also said that he has the Cardinals being one and done in the playoffs this year. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that too. 
pulling kind of a Ravens, I mean, Lamar type of crash at the end. Yeah, and the the Colts do look really good. So yeah, a lot better than I thought. And we knew they had pieces, pieces, right? But they're putting they it great together. Defense. Yeah, most turnovers in the league this year. And finally, talking about his Raiders, he said, this is all he said, I love Derek Carr. I love him so much. And that's why the Raiders will make the playoffs. It be, well, be in the final four of the playoffs. <laughs> that, uh, dude, Derek Carr stinks. That guy sucks. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. No, he's, he's bad. <laughs> like, he's bad. He makes... He could be worse, but he he's does, not. He good. does Carson Wentz interception. He all does. The time. They're he gets kind of scared. The same. Yeah, They're kind of the same. Wentz and Carr are like the same quarterback. They they will be very good for flashes, but they're always going to figure out a way to lose you the game, lose you the big games. And I have another long thing about hot takes, but it's just it's just too much to get into. We'll Basically, get into the that. gist of it was the FBS is communism, and this. There is a lot to get into with this. I haven't. Even we might have to save that for the next yeah. hot corner. We might have to do like our just, own I episode might, on that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that is something. So I do want and to hear it, though, folks. You can't see that, but that was about um, nine pages worth of a novel about how that's three. It's <laughs> two full thumb scrolls on my iPhone to read the communism yeah, take. That's crazy. But yeah, so I don't know. Um, crazy. But thank you to Swaff as always for the hot corner brings. Uh, Brings a little spice into our life here uh, in the studio. Mm-hmm. But why don't we do our quick little baseball basketball minute oh, yeah. um, before we get into our gambling picks and then close out the show. Malice in the Palace 2.0. Question mark? Almost happened. Almost. Almost happened. You guys have definitely seen this unless you've been living under a rock. LeBron James absolutely annihilated Isaiah Stewart in the face. Total cheap shot. Total cheap, like full hammer fist right to the face. Busts his eye open, bleeding everywhere. Put LeBron James in jail. Assault. Bench is clear. I mean, this turns out into a full brawl. Isaiah Stewart absolutely losing his mind. Cannot control. I mean, trying to fight everyone. To get to LeBron. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, Oh, well, he didn't do anything until he was, like, far away from him. The dude, his eye was busted. I don't even think he was, like, looking up. I think yeah. he was just getting, like, like escorted away. And then yeah. he finally, like, get like kind of comes back to life and looks around. And he sees LeBron. He's like, I'm going to kill that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Which I wanted. Gosh, I wanted him to. That I used to be the biggest LeBron fan ever. ever. Dude, LeBron has turned into such a bitch, honestly. He's such a yeah. jerk. He loves China. He's a keyboard warrior, and he loves. They China. need. They and need to. Un, he's such an idiot. Like he doesn't know. He does. He, like he's not smart. You don't have. You know. I, we are all more educated than LeBron James. Like not. Like people want to take his like philosophical ideas and everything. The guy's not even educated. The guy reads like the first page of a book and then best, thinks he. Oh my god! Best collage of pictures ever. You see all these. People would always show LeBron reading a book before a playoff game, like a freaking science textbook half the time, or a Malcolm X book, every single time he's on the first page. Like, it's all for show. Scam artist. And then they asked him about that Malcolm X book, and if you haven't seen that, just go watch the interview. Someone asked him about the Malcolm X book he's reading, and it's literally, it it takes me back to my summer reading. When you didn't read the assignment, and you're trying to, like... Literally, my Explain eighth grade it. English teacher asking me about To Kill a Mockingbird, like chapter 17, and me having <laughs> like, no clue and just trying to like say the movie uh, or something. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but Malice in the Palace, that was crazy. Uh, what what What's also crazy is um, Isaiah Stewart is suspended for two games, and LeBron only got one. Yeah. But like LeBron literally just like slapped this guy in the eyeball. Well, and the announcers were watching, talking about Isaiah. Like, man, that guy's angry. Like, he's definitely out of this game. Dude, he just got punched in, in the, the face. face. Cheap shot. You got punched in the face. Yeah, get... LeBron just committed assault on a man. Like, <laughs> it's the I basketball version of Miles Garrett in the helmet. Yeah, it was. And I mean the the greatest screen grab out of this though I thought was the Notre Dame fighting Iris style stance that Westbrook had <laughs> yeah, when Isaiah Stewart started kind of because I mean Isaiah Stewart was just trying to get at any Laker really it seemed like he literally was just running towards Lakers dude I wouldn't I don't think I would mess with Isaiah Stewart no either. he's like, a big guy he, well he's like hood too I yeah feel like like he would probably, mess you up if he caught yeah. you yeah um he's been in some scraps but. Yeah, so crazy, almost malice in the Palace 2.0. That would have been awesome. Um, going to serve their suspensions. LeBron's going to miss the game uh, against the Knicks tomorrow, which I was kind of surprised they even suspended him because I was thinking in New York, Lakers, they don't want LeBron to miss this game. Adam Silver doesn't want to lose that revenue. But, hey, they Lake- suspended him, and good on the NBA. I'm glad they did. The Lakers are bad this year, too. They're, yeah, they're 9-8. They're, and eight. they're bad. But – uh. I mean, baseball real quick. Congratulations to Bryce Harper and Shohei Otani for the MVP. So that was cool. And shout out Robbie Ray, former Brentwood Bruin, winning the Cy Young. Dude, how about that? That's awesome. It's hey, so we awesome. Uh, So Brentwood had a Cy Young Award winner and an All-Star winner this year, uh, Brian Reynolds, yeah. for the well, Pirates. And um, the, oh no, BA guy. Gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Jacob Stallings, catcher for the Pirates, gold glove. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, wow. So two Brentwood players on that Pirates team. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. There you go. Powerhouse. Brentwood. Uh, the city of Brentwood, baseball powerhouse. We are a baseball But also, powerhouse. Shohei Otani is so awesome. He is. He can pitch, and he can just hit dingers. I'm really happy that he won the MVP, especially after all that commotion earlier in the baseball season when I think Stephen A. was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Shohei Otani would never win the MVP yeah. because he doesn't speak English. Dude, Stephen A., you're Josh, an asshole. Yeah. That's so dumb. Oh, my God. Shohei Otani is awesome. I love that we have like international players who are superstars. I think that's yeah, awesome. It's cool. I agree. Um, well, Will, you want to... Well, I'll, I'll kick us off here. I do have one pick. Um, I'm going to have probably some more stuff coming out here, either... Tomorrow or Wednesday for Thanksgiving. Got to get ready for that. Right off the bat, I'm going to yell it out now. Lions plus three and a half. They are at home on Thanksgiving, still winless. They got the tie, so they haven't lost every game. But now on Thanksgiving, the Detroit Lions will get their first win of the season. Book it. Book it. I'm going to take three and a half just to be safe, but I'm thinking they're winning out right there. I'm also, I usually just give y'all college picks, which now, I apologize. I didn't, I, I mentioned the Arkansas game last week, but I didn't claim it as a pick, which I ended up betting on it. But, however, the out of the picks I gave y'all, I went one and two. So, we are at 16 and 16 on the season. I would also like to throw in Lions plus three and a half. Really like that. And I'm just going to start rattling them off here. I'm going to go Clemson minus 11 and a half against South Carolina. South Carolina, they got their bowl berth last week. Clemson's fighting for everything. Clemson's fighting a little bit, and we just saw what they did to Wake Forest. I'm thinking Wake Forest is better than South Carolina. 
Good chance. Uh, Clemson just looks like, I mean, the defense is still Clemson defense. Yeah. So I think they can win that game by a couple touchdowns. Louisville is actually favored by two and a half against Kentucky. Uh, I would like to bet on Kentucky, but I don't like Kentucky, so I'm not going to bet on them. I want to see Louisville beat them. So, not a pick, just saying. It looks pretty nice because Louisville. looks pretty nice. Louisville's so up and down. And they just had an incredible game, or Malik Cunningham did, Mm -hmm. against Duke. So, it could be the roller coaster down here. So, yeah, we're going Clemson minus 11.5. I'm going to go Texas A&M minus 6.5 against LSU. Let's see what else we got. How's Tulsa doing this year? Yeah, um, it's probably, probably not one many now. Texas A&M will beat LSU. Dang, I'm just going to – yeah, here we go. We're going to keep going. But, yeah, look up that Tulsa line. I'm going to go Wisconsin minus seven against Minnesota. Let's see what else. Penn State, Michigan State. Pick them. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the pay dirters who listen to the picks, I wonder if they've made money this year. Tulsa plus six and a half. You taking it against SMU? Well, what's do you know what like what's, what's their record? Oh, what's Tulsa's uh, record? They are five and six. They could go five hundred if they win. Now I'm going SMU minus six and a half. Oh boy, that's what I was wondering. I didn't know if Tulsa was any good because I still like SMU even though they just got clocked by Cincinnati. Great still uniforms. like them. Uh, Florida right now is a two and a half pay- favorite against Florida State. That'd be one to look out for. Probably going to stay away from it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Florida State wins that game just with everything happening with Florida. Let's see. And Huskers actually opened up as a four-point favorite against Iowa, but uh, I I don't know if I – I think I said this, but Adrian Martinez will not be playing. Uh, He's been playing pretty much injured this whole season. I think he's going to undergo surgery. So he will not be playing. So they'll have their backup in. And it, right now, I think the Huskers are actually still favored by one and uh. a half. So, uh, I mean, the defense will keep them in that game no matter who's playing quarterback. So, but I, I'm going to stay away from that. I'm going to go, I really hope Michigan makes this a good game. But my gut, just the way Ohio State's been playing, I mean, I really think they're just going to light up the scoreboard, so I'm going to take Ohio State minus eight. Oh, yeah, I would hammer that. There's, yeah, no, you way, think, there's no way Michigan comes within eight. You think, but you don't know. No, well, I, I know. I'd put my, put my, I don't know, I'd put something <laughs> on it. Well, and then. I'd Miss- put my Thanksgiving taters on that one. As of right now, Mississippi State is a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Ole Miss, something to keep your eye on. Which I kind of like. I think Mississippi State uh, might I, actually win that game. Dude, yeah. With Mississippi State's passing attack, I think Will Rogers will throw it all over the field against Ole Miss. Another one to take a look at, maybe Missouri plus 14.5 against Arkansas. I just think it's a pretty big spread for a Missouri team coming off a Missouri's hot solid right now. Win. They're hot. Yeah, they've, they've gotten better. I still... Eh, I, don't, I don't know if I'd bet on them, but 14.5 is pretty big. I mean... Very possible, Tyler especially Beatty, after Thanksgiving. Tyler Beatty, their running back, is top five in the country right now in rushing yards. Yeah. Unsung hero. So, yeah, just to, just to recap, I'm going Ohio State minus eight against Michigan. Then I am also going Wisconsin minus seven against Minnesota. SMU minus six and a half against Tulsa. Texas A&M minus six and a half against LSU. 
and Clemson minus 11.5 against South Carolina, and then the Lions plus 3.5. So lots of bets going on this weekend. Lots of favorites. All favorites, I guess, besides the Lions. So my, that always kind of sketches me out whenever I do that. But at the same time, like it doesn't. I guess it doesn't really. They're favorites for a reason. Vegas knows. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it, like it doesn't really matter either. Like, you know, do you ever think about that when you make bets? Like, making you feel weird if you have a bunch of favorites or something. I almost feel like when I have a, when I pick a bunch of uh, underdogs, like I'm doing something better. But I definitely matter. agree, and I mean. Myself, I definitely pick. Uh, I take the points more often than yeah. Um, and I try and go get uh, money line underdogs a lot, but that's just kind of my style of betting. I like right. high risk, high reward. Um, but no, I definitely I, I know exactly what you're talking about. How you think? Oh, I'm being a lot smarter by picking the games so they're gonna yeah. be closer than Vegas <laughs> thinks. But then a lot of times you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, I did that last week with Michigan State and. We saw how that worked Bingo. out for us. So. Yeah. Yep. Whoopsie daisies. All right. Well, hey, guys. I think that's it. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone's enjoyed the episode. I know it's an extra long one, but, you know, we only do one of these a week, and uh, there's a lot to talk about. So I think this is great. I oh, love it. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it. Glad we got to have a little Thanksgiving talk. I'm really excited to come back after Thanksgiving and share our uh, experiences for oh, yeah. sure. God, and I hope our teams win. Especially the Titans. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Have a lot to play for. So a lot to play for. I feel very confident that Tennessee and AM will win. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll see how the rest goes. I hope I win all my bets. What That's if all I you can ask for? What hey guys, what if you'd be thankful for that. What if I won all my bets? What if you better be thankful for that if you do? Could happen. But yeah, guys, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for tuning in the whole time. Had a lot of fun. As usual. Uh, we will. I mean, we'll be here next week, right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So be sure to tune in. Check us out on Twitter at paydirt underscore sports on Instagram at paydirt sports. Check out the website paydirtsports.blog. Got a few things in the works. Might might be thinking about doing a couple episodes a week. Hey, seems like that might maybe do like an hour, hour and a half long episode twice a week as opposed to a kind of two hour episode as it's been turned into. Just because there's so much to talk about. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Obviously got a little basketball kind of heating up, especially college basketball. Wait, Tennessee's doing, lost to Villanova, but then beat UNC. Crushed so, UNC. Yeah, still looking pretty good. Lots to talk about upcoming. So thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll see you all next week. See you next week. Happy Thanksgiving.